Hi folks, uh, Rowdy here. Before we start the show, I wanted to quickly mention we've had a couple of audio issues with uh, this week's episode. This resulted in me having to pull the audio from YouTube so that we still had a version up and running. So apologies for the lesser quality. We'll get it sorted next time. All right, cue the theme song. This is episode 233 of the Every Healthy Podcast. We are gathered here today, hang 10, and remind you why you love VR so very much. As for our topics, here they are. There are some jobs out there that have you on your hands and knees a lot, like being a content creator. And we're going to show you one more shocking use for those scabby leg connectors that you call knees. Fans of laser beams who glomp onto their base stations at night will be happy to hear not just one, but two headsets are coming out to play. Jose is going to give us a spin through why Meta, Apple, and Qualcomm are playing golf together at the weekends these days. And future tech from the East will have you wanting to wrap your arms around your loved ones and cry. At the end of this, without any more rhyme or reason, you know it's the right season for releases curated my lead chef, Jose Ramsey. And with the sizzle reel baked and breaded, let's kick it up a notch by introing our crew. Up first, we have Jose, the VR tech. I can easily imagine one day in the near future on famous show Storage Wars. Uh, we're going to see the TV crew break down the door on a bursting Miami storage unit to find not one, not ten, but 271 bubble-wrapped headsets. Why are there pretty little ribbons on every single one? Well, I'll tell you why. Because this man right here loves his tech, and he won't let his hardware down, not even on Valentine's Day. No way. No forlorn, discarded headsets in this man's life. In any case, how are you doing, Jose? Yo, yo, what's up, you guys? You know what's really funny? When you start imagining uh, the, the, the storage war scenario, I actually imagine being inside the storage as they're opening it up and be like, nobody touches my precious. But you know what? I like, I like your scenario a lot more. Oh man. I am feeling so energetic, man. I'm back on my feet feeling just soaked up the energy and ah, just so much good stuff happening. We'll talk more about it later on, but during all of that, I've been hyper obsessed with a game that I just, was desperately to bring up into the podcast. It's not a VR game, but I've been playing it on uh, in two form factors. One using the X reel as a spatial display yeah. on my bed, just laying down with like the display over my head. And two, I've been using uh, the 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 XR Elite, so uh, my goggle headset mod, yeah. just playing it sitting down in, in in the you know my private cinema. But it's called Sea of Stars. So it is a retro-inspired modern game. It is absolutely phenomenal. It is, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Stardew Valley, which kind of like re-brought oh, yeah. a lot of mechanics to the, the, the pixelated form factor, right? So they brought in mechanics and just the art style and everything that the that they could do with, with, the, with the art style, in, you know, with the modders. This is more of a RPG game 
um, similar to Star Ocean, uh, Tales of Mana, uh, esque genre, but just the platforming and the navigation amongst the, the map, there's, it's just so good, especially seeing it in like, you know, by yourself in, in a spatial display or even like, um, virtual cinemas, it, it kind of brought me back to that, like, you know, childhood, like, you know, sitting down in front of like the big TV playing like Super Nintendo games. Yep. Kind of feeling this game is so good. It looks so great on these devices. And I highly recommend for people that are into old school RPGs. I don't want to spoil too much. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, traditional RPG, you know, you're, you're two warriors on a mission and evil bad guy, but it's, it's really the, the navigation through the story that the story is actually fun, but it's feels feels yes. great to find Pretty. a game that like gives you that old school gamer high. A hundred percent. Your setup that you described is wonderful, and it's something that in the last year I've certainly found for myself. It's that license to disconnect and not be distracted from the art that you're then experiencing firsthand. And it actually gives you, like in today's distracted era, where everything wants your attention to push you a notification, all that kind of stuff. For now, I'm, I'm saying for now, because I see some hazard in the future. <laughs> for now, you put in, you put your headset on. It's a very simplistic environment. You know, it's, it's just your screen in the void or it's just, you know, notifications aren't in there. Unless you really work with one of those headsets, yeah. I think the HTC eco ecosystem can support it. You're not getting text messages, phone calls, nope. you know, nothing. Turn them all off. Even Turn them all off. You know? And it's it's really interesting you're saying that, but it, it even goes down to the to the software, to the game itself, right? It's, it's inspired by retro games, so there's no, like, world hub or maps or, or, or connected multiplayer experiences. And, and down to the mechanics, it's a, it, it, you, you start to realize what is it that connected us to these childhood games. And as we get older, it's exactly that. You start taking a serious appreciation for sensory deprivation <laughs> almost, right? Which is, I want to focus on this, you know what I mean? And, and not yeah. necessarily have so much noise. That's a great notion. It's a sensory deprivation tank, really. Yeah, it, but it it, like a gamer sensory deprivation tank, which just sounds it's, awesome. I'm so glad you said that. Uh, I, I don't remember who had said it, but Jonathan Chavez, who's a, um, my, 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 my biz dev behind the scenes for my company, a really smart dude, but he, he was talking to me about, um, how some people are there, the, the people that are working for enterprise VR headsets, they call it noise canceling for the eyes. Right. Oh, and cool. that's what they're, it's a really cool term, right? And that's and a great you said term. That you reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah. Noise canceling mm, for the sensory, eyes. Like deprivation tank with VR. I mean, I guess that's like liquid and, t and, I mean, but they have water slides with, you know, VR headsets, so they can make deprivation tanks with VR headsets. I don't think you're being depraved if you're feeling like you're being flown down. No, but I mean, like the water combined with the What did before the meditation one? How is that one called again, Zim? The one that you did before. Oh, Sound Self? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that comes close to that as well. Close, but I—it's so funny when he, when Jose and Adam were just exchanging there. I imagine some poor bastard in a sensory deprivation tank going down a water slide. Who in the sensory deprivation tank has a headset like an old. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> 
can you imagine your stomach in that I'm pretty situation? sure that's being done in something like Black Sight as an interrogation tactic. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, that sounds like fun, Jose. And I do recommend, like, some people, and I, I was totally there myself in the earlier years of VR, where it's like, I'm a VR purist. I'm going to only play VR games ever. I'll never, you know, stream or broadcast or do a video of anything but VR, you know, and anyone who does is blasphemy. But then you kind of relax back into, oh, I'm still a gamer and I still love this stuff. And so it's a lovely halfway house to kind of be yes. able to experience the games that you love in flat brought into the kind of sphere, the world of, of virtual reality and still leverage that technology. And oh. for some reason, it's like it's relaxing and immersive in a way that steps beyond whatever your real setup is. I mean, you don't... We're going to talk about that more later on, but there's a lot of reason why what you just mentioned is going to become fundamentally much more cooler in the years to come. So I can't wait that. till that segment. So cool stuff. Uh, well, welcome back to the podcast, Jose, since last That's episode. <laughs> All right, next one. Settling into his new nest and getting ready for the leaves to turn color, this audio engineer devout Zen botanist and ready for hire neuroscience mechanic will take your perpetual motion machine and spread rumors that you don't know the hell what you're doing. Mind his battery operated drill because it gets angry. What do you think happened to Nathan and Mike? Just saying this lad doesn't mince words. Instead, he sharpens knives and, uh, but he's a Cheshire cat. So let's everybody give Rowdy a pat. <laughs> a pat, <laughs> a pat. Yeah. I, I need a pat sometimes for sure. I'm uh, I'm doing all right, you know, trying to settle in here. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been uh, quite the experience so far, you know, just buying furniture, robbing IKEA. Uh, I got a lot of experience in that in VR. Um, I think you've got an echo there's going an echo. on, Rowdy. An echo? Big echo. The reverb. OBS side. You got the uh, remix going. <laughs> we're gonna have Rowdy take a quick. Okay, there we go. I think that should fix it. I think I turned something on. I shouldn't have turned it on. I think that fixed it. <laughs> Big guy. happens all the time, doesn't yeah, it's, it? It's a, a bit airy in here. Like you know, it's a bit airy. You know, like, <laughs> don't have too much furniture yet. <laughs> Just like reverbing all over the place. Actually, I, I currently am renting a church. Uh, so I, I... <laughs> Man, that would be fun for like a month, you know? Not yeah. sleeping on the pews, Just though. Just me That's and my sure. organ, you know? Um, but no, I've been... Uh, I've been uh, I've been doing all right. Um, I actually I I got into playing some uh, some Abzu. Are you guys familiar with that game? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I, I got nice. it like the a while one? ago, and it's so relaxing. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the shark uh, in there bits. Like uh, I thought they should have left that out because I just I, I wanted to chill. <laughs> all of a sudden, I got like a shark in front of me, which was a little bit less. But it's um yeah, it's such a cool little like again like if you're because like i often game just to you know get away a little bit from like a lot of stuff that's been going on so like having that that kind of experience just makes things so much nicer so much easier uh to go back to work then the next day um but yeah that that's that's what i've been playing in the in the past week i haven't played it that much i played it those who don't know abzu it's like uh finding nemo for adults i think yeah very very well descriptive. <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, finding Nemo for adults. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just floating around um, and uh, trying to like find things. I think. I think that's the point. And then unlocking a new section. Um, and that's yeah. That's kind of that's kind of fun. Is that on PC then? Yeah, it's on it's on Steam then, uh, or on Epic Games. 
either one of those two. Cool. Cool, man. That's a good one. I never finished it, but I had a little wander oh, about years ago on, on Switch, uh, you know, but yeah, it's one of those, you just kind of, like you said, you gel, exactly. you, you peace out and yeah, it's good. Well, we all need a bit of piecing out in our lives. Great stuff, Rowdy. Um, over to our final radio broadcaster. We've got a shy, homely, keeps to herself type, always proper and polite, never rustles any feathers, well-mannered and hold up. Small correction here. <laughs> Studded leather, biker chick, tattoos from head to pinky toe, recovering talcoholic. That's talcum powder addiction, ladies and gentlemen, and the lead proprietor of Jizzy Arms, which we'll get to later on. How's your dog these days, Adam? <laughs> I can't wait to get to that section because it's so confusing for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> now like, this, where's this show going? Um <laughs> But yeah, between, God, like Baldur's Gate 3 and Starfield, uh, but, trying to, yes. like, I don't know. Wait, did you, did uh, you buy Stargate? You went to no, Starfield as Starfield? well? I did. I got Starfield. Not the oh not the $100 early access version, um, but I was like, screw it. I like Bethesda games. You know, I liked Fallout. I liked uh, Elder Scrolls. So I ended up getting it. Um, and I like it so far i mean i know there was a lot of drama on twitter about like there's pronouns and people's npcs <laughs> oh, look weird it's, it's like they're it's all always... randomly generated like <laughs> what is i don't what's, I don't know. what's your class um in i think i picked like i don't remember because they're not like normal ones are you talking about yeah. uh starfield right not Baldur's Gate. yeah yeah or... starfield the backstory i think they're called i picked like a stealth May I remember the little attributes I picked. It was like stealth, melee, oh, and something else. So it's kind of like I went more of like a gangster thug route on yeah. my yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Spot like on. tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh as far as like the VR side of things, oh. I try to be good and and dabble a little other than just all the flat screen stuff all the time. Um, I watched a couple of I, I really wanted to get into VR films more. So I finally watched um, Invasion and what was it? Paper Birds uh, Part One and Two. Yeah, and nice. man, I I really want like, I don't know. Are there still VR uh, like film experiences being made or was it kind of like to the 2017 era and then it just all went gaming? Because I'm like, this is actually really cool. And I Ooh, like that yeah. they. I they make parts of it interactive. You know, it's not like you don't want to be, you know, fully interactive the whole time, but the parts where they are were perfect. Like, I don't want to spoil it. So just go I, watch I would it. I say um, check out Atlas V. Uh, they're, they're also behind like Gloomy Eyes and a few others, but they I've seen them come out every year pretty uh, with something that's like that. The other one from the past, which was a very interesting project and really stemming kind of on the AI side was Wolves in the Walls. Which was, if you haven't experienced it, it's in, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, really good. Um, I forget the name that they they coined for it, but but you, you basically interface with a little girl who's backed up by call it an AI language processor in the cloud, and you can have like conversation. And I think that's actually evolved to the point where they're coming out with a separate app. Um, but those projects are are pretty astounding. Um, the other one was. What was that band one, Rowdy? I remember you and I both enjoyed band? on the Quest platform. Why? It was like it was like a punk rock or a ska band. Oh um, yes. Oh uh, band. I thought the band is in like it was you know 
no more on Axe. the quest store oh, no, inappropriate, no, you know? No, <laughs> yeah, like, what kind of Church of Rowdy will not allow. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I Battle forgot Scar. the name of it is Battle, Battle Scar. Scar. Yes, that's it. Thank that's you very much, really Arcane. Good. Arcane Mage in the chat helping us out. Um, to add real quick to that, um, yesterday Roblox had their like developers conference, which were they were boasting insane numbers and stats, but in that their CEO teased a potential <clears throat> Hunger Games uh, movie reimagination for VR. So he literally, I'm talking about within wow. the first five minutes of the press conference, they boasted like wow. the six billion, the six million users, like. Actually, if you want me to run those stats real quick, uh, uh, later on, be, I can. But. It's going to be Roblox style, though, so it's going to be like a Lego movie Hunger Games. Um, <laughs> if you, if you want it. me to get into that, um, <laughs> they are, so they had a four-hour uh, developers conference. Wow. Um, I actually wrote some numbers here real a quick. Four, you, wait, 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 wait. Four okay, hours of you, Roblox? You you attended or somehow no, I kept your attention on a four-hour <laughs> Listen, four guys. Our Roblox conference. Listen, Don't judge. listen, guys. Listen, listen. I I love the VR industry, but I'm also trying to make some money, so <laughs> I gotta pay attention to where. And it's really so. If you want me to, and I'll, I'll explain to you why I watched it with data. Right, 65 million users a day. It's been growing exponentially for the last 15 years. 2.5 average hours of use a day of every single one of those users. And the limitation of that is the headset battery life. That's about 1 billion hours a day in engagements. All right. 15 I, I million experiences. Though, Jose. How much did they pay? Yes, you? sir. How much? <laughs> I wish. I wish I was. We're talking about the, the stats that the guys were talking about. And leading into their big partnership with Meta, which is they talked about human verification and about humans eventually having an identity that they can carry on to the digital space and they're going to have to partner with companies that are building that infrastructure and now you understand meta's play in this space but they're talking about real you know digital beings and essentially being carried and attached to your name so they're, well, i was they're trying talking to figure about, that out yeah so so this, what's the connection back to the atlas v stuff and all that i mean you were talking about the film so yes. basically it's they a talked about heads up look forward to roblox yes. battle royale film Movies. And, yep. Okay. And then what was this digital character piece that you were just talking about? I was, I was. Yeah. Listening. So they're, they're talking about asynchronous existences and they're talking about reimagining movies that already existed, be brought in virtual spaces. So they're not just huh. building, um, revisiting movies. They're reimagining them from the ground up as franchises that pretty much exponentially grow essentially what VR chat is doing, but, business and it, yeah it, well oh, blocked out in in roblox and so for example what i'm imagining <laughs> is you could have the jurassic park franchise launch in there you could experience yep. that firsthand whether you're a flat player or you happen to be in vr and experience the richness of vr in that i see yeah. where they're going right it does look mm -hmm. because it, it, in the end of the day you know there was that whole push about virtual real estate that's what these games are. It, it is the actual embodiment of this is what the metaverse kind of is. And people are staking out their land claim and, and big business want, like you said, Jose, people want money. So they put their stake in and they're like, I want to grow with you. And everyone wants to grow together. So yeah. Exciting. A lot of, there's a lot of money in, and especially in movies. That's, that's why I said it's like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, financial interest in the movie space. 
VR. So like, I mean, if you're telling me Roblox movie, you know, uh, that needs to be like a particular kind of movie, right? They're not going to make like, I don't know, some, some steamy hot scene from a particular <laughs> X-rated movie to, to put that into Roblox. I mean, they could, but it'd be, it'd be more hilarious than serious then, right? I'd watch that. The, the watch CEO that. described it as imagining that you can walk around each character and get a unique perspective of where each character is during the film. That's that's how he described it. Okay. It's it pretty much the movie is so, persistent. He talked about concerts that are occurring. Exactly. He even talked about AI being used to make these like worlds be as lifelike as possible. Right. He talked about actually one of the, exa the exact example is he used history in ancient Egypt and then revisiting Egypt be brought back to life, including civil all of this. And the reason that blows my mind and, and it's it's because. I, I don't know the exact number of attendance, but they, they announced a full developers conference room hall and they gave every single person in attendance a Quest Pro. I heard so about we that. Just, what? Yeah. So anyway, say that again. So yeah. everyone who attended in person to the got Roblox Pro. conference yes. got a Quest Pro. Who, yes, like, so what were the people coming to this? Were they like anybody the who's a fan of developers Roblox? Conference. Okay, just developers. Okay. Yes, they actually mentioned a big push from... they significantly highlighted Japan um, uh, before everything. And immediately when you think of Japan and you think of virtual worlds, you think of VR chat. And it was almost like an instant association. And they were like, oh, you know, we, we actually started cannibalizing the Japanese uh, client base and customers. I think they mentioned, maybe I wrote it down. Um, and yeah, uh, it went viral last year, a 30, a 33% increase. Um, 107% increase in sales. Like people are buying digital items in Japan. Huh. Like they were specifically mentioning the Japanese audience. And I think Brazil is also a huge booming market. It's the yeah. kids are winning because remember these executives, these investors, their kids are on Roblox. So that what's what determines the moves and the data these guys were talking about is terrifying <laughs> when you start going later on in the conference and they talk they start yeah. talking about you know visual persistence and ads and they'll be able to determine like how long a person actually gazes at an ad what part of the ad that they're looking at the most so they'll be able to place the you know the data there it's <laughs> those conversations are things that like i yeah. I, I try to stay away from because i know yeah. they're happening and it's like oh, they're it, it's it's just that it's the big corporate uh, perspective taking it back a step while we can mm -hmm. while we still can look at non-blocky objects uh i want to know as a fellow bethesda fan i know adam you yeah. were massive into fallout and stuff like that so what's your uh, what's your reaction to starfield and and with that i also want to ask what do you see happening in the vr mod space like do you think it's the kind of game that could be modded readily or do you think that there's a lot of it in terms of how it's designed right now, that's going to make that a challenge. There's a lot of menus, unnecessarily so, I feel like. Like if you want to go to a planet uh -oh. or land on a planet. So I, I feel like in those cases, it might be awkward a little in VR um, because instead of actually like flying and landing, it's a lot of uh, like cinematics, which to me, yeah. it, it's not that big of a deal, you know, flat screen. I know a lot of people complained about that. I'm like, yeah, I wish it was this way, but it's not going to get me to give it a negative review on, you know, all the things. Um, it kind of reminds me because I'm more of a uh, I, I'm, I don't care for the space genre, like being in space. But I love 
terrestrial space, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I love being on like planet side yeah. and the, I've only played like maybe only a couple hours. So the, the first, maybe the only, I don't know, big city that you land on, it almost reminds me of like cyberpunk because it's very populated. There's like a crap load of stores. I've picked up at least 10 side quests just because I'm going along to see everything in the city. And I'm like, I don't know if it's <laughs> wow. going to be possible to see everything. Um, Cause that's undetermined. I'm not leaving the city until I pick up all the quests I can. And that alone was like three hours just in the city. So it's, it's, big like the scale of it at least in this particular place again i haven't gone very far yet haven't really left this spot uh is massive so i, I imagine someone's gonna make a it's such a big game someone's gonna make a vr mod for it uh, no doubt but yeah as far as how um i'm not sure like again some of the like when you're landing it's just a cutscene. you're not actually physically landing so i don't know how well that would look unless you're tolerant of the you know when you get that flat screen view in vr all of a sudden it's just kind of like oh like it's not immersed anymore but yeah so i think that like you could tell it, they didn't have intents of making it for vr uh, in those moments yeah. uh, just because it would be, be so jarring but and then what's, someone will figure it out what's uh what's dazzled you so far about the game i'm curious like what what are the things that w if, if it does get to that point and our VR players and our Bethesda fans, like, what would they look forward to? What are the things that really kind of, you know, got you starry-eyed? The, the scale, like the the first city, it's not a spoiler because you literally go there immediately. I think it's uh, New Atlantis is what it's called. It's a big, like, there's public transportation, or you could walk around if you want, or you could just walk out of the city onto the planet where there's just trees and stuff. I don't even know what's out there. I'm kind of scared. But, like, it's massive. There's just so much. So you could just... Like, I don't know if you had if you could somehow hook this up to like a treadmill, you could just like do a do a mall jog around the city. You know, I'm like, there's, there's just so much to look at in this one place. So I think and just that's just the, one city, the, right? The, yeah, just one city. Yeah, I think I suppose I think it's the main city. Again, I haven't played it much. So that's where like all of the factions you learn about them and you're going to probably get most of the quests. But it's huge. Like, I'm afraid I'm never going to leave it. I, I mean, I, I have like my quest log is starting to look a little scary and I don't know if there's a limit, <laughs> but like I got to go Starfield, Adam is playing City Field. <laughs> and you're playing this while also playing Baldur's Gate. Yeah. And Diablo 4 is back there in the back. Well, okay, Not. Diablo 4, I finished the season for that. Oh. So that one's on break until next season. So we're good. I've, you know, I had to make room. season. These are like several hundred gigabyte games for my poor computer. So I had to like kind of just decide which ones I had to let go of. The real good news here, though, the real good news here is that like each and every one of us right now have games that we're playing and that we love. And that's like yes. really, really important for gamer heart and soul. And so that's really nice to hear. So great. That's the crew uh, introduced. So uh, chat, thank you for coming out and well, it's honestly just really good to keep this VR conversation going. It's a lovely tradition, and um, we've been going for so many years now. Um, it's an exciting train to be on uh, going forward. So uh, with that, I will just say that uh, my main job here is to fish out entertainment and news from the World Wide Web. And, um, and for my fellow casters and your uh, entertainment, I am very much a mature VR streamer. Uh, although that sounds like I've got an only Zim's account, which not being far from the truth, honestly, but I don't. Let's... So on to my highlight. Okay. <laughs> I know what all these guys are thinking, and they're all fucking wrong. So <clears throat> uh, most of you who follow my wares know that 
in the public domain. All I've been doing is playing one game over and over ad nauseum. Um, and these guys certainly figure that that's going to be my highlight. Well, no, it's not. Um, behind the scenes, I've been working on something far more sinister. Um, in fact, uh, this particular one has taken years of back and forth debate, contractual ping pong, and um, I can finally proudly announce a reconnection with my longtime favorite VR company. And the reason why I'm still playing VR today, I've signed on with Meta. So I joined their Quest Creator Partner Program. Let's go! Uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, that, that, that's fun. You might see my face associated with them at some point in the future. Uh, the, the first time they reached out to me was about two years ago, and we got caught in a wee tangle of various <laughs> yeah. terms, right? <laughs> Rowdy knows how uh, litigious I am when it comes to contracts. Um, since then... They reached out to me again. Uh, frankly, they loosened their stance, changed clauses I wasn't happy with uh, in terms of uh, a surprisingly open negotiation of terms. And we finally did a deal. So uh, now some things, some parts of that are, are going to be under NDA. So I can't go into every little nuance and detail, but I wanted to answer a few things and then open for your questions and then we can get on with the show. Uh, but this is a big highlight for me because... As I said, I used to have a very close partnership with Oculus. For those who don't know, I mean, even back when I was the biggest VR streamer on Twitch back in the day, uh, we helped, you know, Mark get on stage and we were the moderators for the launch of the CV1. So, like, it, we've been with them, like, throughout the journey, um, and it's a really close thing. So the first obvious question is going to be, uh, does Meta now have any control over my content? Am I now a puppet of the Meta machine? Uh, and of course, in short, that's no. a yes. <laughs> of course, that's a <laughs> yeah. yes. And, um, one on there, Apple now, one on Meta. What's going? What's happening? Yeah, I mean, what I think one of my one of my main concerns in the first round was that there would be some, uh, you know, legal contract based clauses like guillotines hanging over your head, and uh, nope, those aren't there. Um, both parties, myself and Meta, both have outs contract wise, but nothing out of the ordinary in that respect. In case we uh, change our minds or want to go a different way, um, uh, Meta might give me free hardware or codes, that type of thing, invites to events and that type of stuff. Nothing's in stone in that respect. I'm still a free agent, um, uh, but still also bound by the usual disclosure rules, which apply to anyone um, when it comes to promotion or clear advertisement. That's true in Europe. It's true in North America. I don't know the rules in Brazil or Russia, but for the moment, I'm living in Canada, and so I'll abide by those rules as well. And so you'll see stuff on occasion, you know, marked in that way. But being able to have direct feedback with the company again after it's literally been six different teams I've dealt with now in Oculus, Facebook, and Meta, being able to pass direct feedback and help steer that ship, as well as help other creators who are on a similar journey, um, is really a nice thing. It's a really nice thing to kind of be back in that circle. Um, so and then your, finally, your highlight of the week is a boring, dry contract? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know me, Rowdy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Sounds about right. Seriously, we're expecting some no man's sky like gushing, and this guy just breaks the contract. <laughs> but like, sometimes things take work, and sometimes they take uh, push and pull and negotiation, and a lot of that stuff is just takes months, right? It just takes months or years, and. Um, sometimes it comes to you out of the blue. I didn't know that they were going to come knock on my door and, you know, uh, ask and, you know, say nice things to me about, you know, my clout in this space and all that. He's so but, good um, looking, Zim. He's so good looking. 
Like, are you looking at my picture? Yeah. <laughs> Just me with somebody else there. Canadian energy, man. And the final thing is, um, I wanted to answer is the third thing is, uh, like, what effect will it have on the podcast and my opinions voiced here, right? Because that's always been something that I've been very, very defensive about, about being an unbiased seat and being able to maintain that view. I've turned down loads of things in the past as a result of that. Um, I think the effect is going to be very little, apart from me needing to be just a little extra careful uh, when it comes to guessing about future updates in case there's like a conflict of interest between something I actually know and something that I can't really be musing about. Yeah, like uh, but honestly, you were, you were showing before the the, the show. <laughs> was I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but honestly, like uh, that hasn't really changed because over the years of the podcast, like right, right, right through the years of the show, um, that's that's been the case. Uh, case in point, like in the past, Meta accidentally leaked some data to me that they weren't meant to. Uh, it was date sensitive. It never leaked here. Didn't leak in my live streams. You know, I'm just a tight-lipped guy, and I believe in relationships. It's absolutely in my interest uh, for VR developers being at the forefront of that. The platform form owners, you know, whether that be Sony or Meta or or you know HTC or something like that, and then fellow content creators. Like it, it, it doesn't help anybody. And you guys know how averse I am to leaks. Anyway, I think it just ruins fun and it ruins you know, business plans and lives and just upsets everybody. So don't expect any of that. Um, we are going to keep poking fun at Meta's marketing choices because <laughs> some of those are just wild. Uh, we're going to jab at Mark and Boz on occasion for their bloody tweets and um, news on what company future plans might be, particularly when it's kind of further afield and not two weeks out. <laughs> um, and and sorry, guys, I know we are all very close and like to share, but I... I Absolutely won't be giving you any special treatment either. Um, so what the stream here is, is what you'll hear from Aww. me too. <laughs> yeah, we have to, we'll say that publicly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know Zim, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, right? Uh, that's it. Uh, and, and then tied to this, right? And in somewhat related news, I had planned a trip to California uh, to be there around Connect, which I was saying to these guys, I think, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to be in Palo Alto from uh, September 23rd to 28th. Uh, if you happen to be in the area, please reach me via Twitter DM. Uh, I always love meeting people who are fans of the show or just have known me, you know, across the years of VR. If you're a dev or, you know, somebody who works in the background behind one of these companies, I just like meeting people, to be honest. And that's why I'm flying out. So uh, to be clear here, I booked this trip in advance of the Meta Agreement. They aren't paying my way. They haven't extended an invite to connect. It's a very exclusive party. Should. That's a shame. Um, yeah, yo. Matt, if you're listening, bro, what the heck? Should we negotiate that contract? Matt showed up with a contract. It's not like on No Man's Sky. You better take it to the event. <laughs> but, like, I, I, I attended, you know, uh, Oculus Connect 4, 5, and 6. They were all great events. And the peripheral stuff was even better. Um, I'm just paying my way at OC, just like I did in OC4, just to go out, hang with people, some dev friends, you know, who just happen to be around. Um, and the best part of Connect for me was never the showcase itself, being in the room with Zuckerberg for the big unveiling. I mean, those are neat, right? Those are neat moments. Uh, but those those were far from being the driver for me. Hello, Zoe. Um, I thought I heard meowing. Okay, I, I was <laughs> going crazy. I was like, what, what's happening? Okay, that makes sense now. Maybe that makes me happy. A little cat moment. The... Yeah, she's trying to escape from the meditation. He's like, little meditation. Don't go with Meta Sim. Oh, God. And we're not done with the cat stuff. What about the brand name change? 
What about, yeah, she just comes on. There's like a little like brand chain with meta hanging from her yeah. neck. Yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. You're um, Oculus but... forever. <laughs> right. I am definitely Oculus forever. And actually, I said this to them as well. It was really funny. I had to get it off my chest. I was like, that branding change. <laughs> I wasn't happy with that at all. And um, that's still the case. Like that'll, that'll, that'll sting for a while. But uh, for me, you know, um, the reason to go to Connect, even as a vagrant on the sides of the event, of the central event, um, has always been about the VR people, where yeah, padded intros sure. aren't necessary. Everyone knows the power of VR, and they're already convinced. Like, we share in the thrills of the exciting technology, the exploration of all these brand new worlds, and just get to celebrate another accomplishments. I mean, you get to see a dev go from being fledgling, spark an idea, and become, for example, you know, Lemming and Gorilla Tag. Dude's a rock star now, right? And uh, before he was just showing up at some esports event and meeting him in the corridor and saying hi to his mom and that kind of thing, right? Like getting getting a bootleg version of Pistol Whip to try out, not on the show floor, but in a hallway for the first time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was amazing, yeah. With Denny and yeah, I'm trying to remember the gal who was there as well. I mean, it was just so awesome. Uh, it's such an awesome thing to kind of like connect that way. I remember meeting Guy Godin and uh, seeing Virtual Desktop for the first time mm. and then the next year watch his face drop to oh shit when they decided to release the exact same thing from Meta you know with their Virtual Desktop branded exactly the same um, but that's why we call it Connect right? It's for that. It's not It's not. and look there's logistical reasons I'm sure. I haven't probed Meta much in this but um, I know they want to keep it close knit uh, it's limited audience this time. We're still globally bouncing back from COVID. And I can th can only think that, you know, event costs um, amidst the meta layoffs and the, you know, shareholder concerns, they must be under pretty tight purse strings, uh, not just controlling the event, but keeping costs in check. Um, so I'm not throwing any ill will at meta. I'm not asking for an invite to connect. Uh, but what I am asking is if you're in the area in California at that time, Take, take the moment to connect with me. You'll get a free hug. And, uh, I'm asking for an invite, though, if they're me. listening. I'm asking. I'd love to get this crew out, you know? Like, so let's aim for next year. I'll, I'll ask around, see what I can do now that I'm part of that conversation again. Um, okay. But yeah, Zim's nice. going to go out Congrats. and party with great friends in the industry. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And um, maybe let me... Uh, let, let, let me open. If anyone's got any questions, I'll take them now at the end of the show kind of thing. But let's get on with... Uh, with the news, news stuff, you know? So it says, well, Will had asked, won't make critiquing them difficult. I really don't think so because we're I've European. been critiquing them since the beginning. You were European. Yeah, that's a good yeah, Europeans have much less issues with <laughs> critiquing <laughs> a product that they receive for free. Yeah, it's, uh, I've never had that problem in the past. Um, and because the thing is, I started this journey as an Oculus fanboy, like hardcore. Like I loved DK1 and DK2. Before I even got talking to Oculus back in the day, like I was just in it. And so it's very easy for me to kind of like say, you know, pull on on, on daddy's belt and be like, no, <laughs> this isn't right. You know, and so I think I think you guys won't see much of a change, honestly. But if you do call me on it, um, you know, that's why I wanted to open it here. Tell these guys here they didn't get the news heads up. Um, they just want to be open and transparent as I always am. And with that. Move on to the news, and with that, it's a little bit of kitty news. Of course, <laughs> this was this also was this this was not planned, but uh, she's hiding behind the microphone. So let's kick this off with a connector from last time's podcast. Okay, on the last podcast we had meow dictation, like Rowdy was just saying. Hop quiz, 
for those of you. Do you remember, you old fogies, what was Beautation? Do you remember? Or were we all just laughing at the time? Do you remember what it was? I, I wanted it to be... I, I know what I wanted it to be. <laughs> Adam's got it. Adam has to know. Okay, Adam, go ahead. You're the A-plus pupil here. Yeah, it was basically, it was a Canon, right? Canon's camera. Uh, they decided to nice. have a bunch of cats in a room and have a YouTube video where you could, like, do panoramic of watching cats play, which could have been better, in my opinion. I liked I liked Rowdy's way better. <laughs> but Me too. It's cute. Yeah. Me too. Stretching with cats sounds like a fun way to... <laughs> chill out on a Sunday morning. Um, but now we've got a contender. And that's virtual meowlity. Yeah, virtual meowlity. It's a custom headset for cats. It looks like it's a fish not tank. real. No way, right? With a yes. cutout. And hey, if you're just listening back, well, this is the time to check out the video version of the podcast. If a picture is worth okay. a thousand words, then a video of cats enjoying a dip in cat heaven, aka drooling while lunch swims by their heads is surely worth worth a thousand. So this is a cutout in an an aquarium style tank with cats pawing away at the glass and looking at the fish as they swim by. That's so disrespectful. So it's like projected <laughs> onto the glass so they're inside seeing. I think like that's why your cat is on screen right now. <laughs> your cat has a lot to say about this. This is disrespectful. We're we're literally watching cats being tortured. <laughs> Yeah, you see all these fishes? Yeah, you can't touch them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 100%. It, it looks like something that would be absolutely hilarious. You know, you always see those, like, Asian-themed restaurants with the fish tanks. And it would be great to see one of these with the, the pop-up. Basically, it's a carve-out, kind of like you would have if you were touring an aquarium where you're walking through and fish are swimming around you like that. But for cats, so um, I, I extend like that a little experience bit. Experience in Vegas, like but like cat being version. really hungry and being taken through like a a tunnel, and all you see is like pizza and food, chicken wings. Just, they're all behind the glass screen, and you're just like just watching all your favorite foods, <laughs> just touching the glass. That's really smart. I want to see someone do like what a five star restaurant or something, um, Michelin star, you know, three star restaurant, and you just walk through and it's just dangling food, man. Yeah. I would. Oh. <laughs> no appetizers. You just get no that. Appetizers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. But yeah, that's virtual meowlity, just to kick us off for today. Okay, so that's virtual meowlity. And um, next up, cats shouldn't be the only ones having all the fun. I mean, they crawl into their favorite virtual world, um, but why can't we? I mean, what if you could be the lady in the ring, right? Crawl right into and out of the horror dimension and right into someone's living room. Well, now you can with Hauntify. So Hauntify is an app that we've showed before on the podcast, and they've got this working in mixed reality. And so now we can <coughs> crawl right into what looks like an event horizon hellhole, and bam, you're there in the under, the nether, and meeting the red hot chili peppers on the other side. So this is a daunting thing that we've seen on Twitter. And, uh, I don't know if Roddy's shown it already or getting it up, but I'm getting it. There is a. Um... I wanted to try that. Like, I, I have a friend who's coming over and she's like, we have to. She saw it on TikTok or something, some social media. And yeah. she's like, you're a VR person. We have to try this. And I'm like, <laughs> kind of, you have those friends that like know you're really yeah. into VR. So anything they see, they just send you. And it's fine. It's sweet. For it. But I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Then I, I do want to be scared of my own home, but I wanted to try it. Oh. So this is. 
Wait, it, so what is this? So it's like, essentially I'll just I'll just narrate what we're seeing, right? So this is the mixed reality version of now it was already a, an MR thing where you could haunt your house with creatures and that. But now you've got a portal that appears and you get on your hands and knees and you crawl hmm. through the portal. And as you crawl through the portal, you're going from the real world into the horror realm. And you're completely surrounded. So it feels like something um, like from Stranger Things. And it oh, just wow. looks terrifying. There's just something about not just all of a sudden being in that world, but like crawling into it that makes it that bit more eerie. And that's why I so said it's, it's still, a bit like the ring. Like it's still mapping out your house, except it's adding like a creepy filter over yeah, it. Like yeah. an extreme, extreme creepy, goopy looking black texture. That's yeah. Interesting. I definitely have to try it now. I don't know if I'm like going to want to live here anymore. You want to hate your household? <laughs> like, that's, like, no. This is your domicile. This is like where you like where you sleep at night. Why would you turn I'll this do into... It. I'll do it in the black and white. So That's even worse. Yeah, I would <laughs> like, say black and white would be more terrifying to me. No, <laughs> no color spectrum. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I don't know this. Yeah, this one looks like I'd be pretty terrified of it, actually. So I want to try it, but uh, I'm going to save myself for a certain headset that's coming soon. <laughs> and uh, with that, so. VR was good for is figuring out your bearings with respect to driving a car. I remember thinking, you know, VR, VR should become a mandatory pretest. Screw letting, you know, 16 year olds or 18 year olds or whatever your local country's rules are on the road. Back that. Put them in a VR headset and let them get some driving hours behind the wheel. Well, in Car Parking Simulator, which has been out for a while now, uh, I picked this up on Reddit and it was the dev basically saying, I'm so happy that, you know, this, this, this game is being used by people to get over their fears of driving. So if you're a worrisome first timer, Mr. and Miss uh, Teenager, just grab a Quest 2 or a Quest 3, hook yourself up with a copy of Car Parking Simulator. And truth be told, I think we just got... Disconnected, or <laughs> we lost somebody. <laughs> Who was that? Is that Adam dropped out? That's funny. Yeah, and is Jose still there? Yeah, Jose's there. Jose's still here. Still here? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, It looks like Skype. Skype went down for a little bit there. That's okay. I had some problems pre-show, so it could be a Skype version issue. Uh, we'll wait for Adam to come yeah. back, but I'll keep on going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, you didn't really drop out, so that's good. Um. So truth be told, right, this is like confession time here now. I never learned to parallel park. We didn't have to in Ireland. There wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't part of the, that wasn't part of the, the training. There's somebody watching the stream How? who's going to use this exact clip to use this against you. To, if you were, you hit my car, you, you're trying to, <laughs> you never parallel park. Zim is the Zim is the kind of person who drives around like you know an hour in the city just because he can't parallel park up until he can can fight like a particular kind of park parking spot or or how does that work? I'm, I'm sure I could do it, but I don't. I haven't. I'm not in cities driving that frequently, and um, right. I'm just not. I'm not very good at that. Uh, I would say that in VR, I've done it plenty of times. Like I've done it, but. Um, if you're new to driving and you've got quite a bit of trepidation about the whole concept, I remember this is stupid, right? But I remember going from being driving a manual, going, I don't know how to drive an automatic. And I was a little bit scared of it. I know it sounds silly, right? But I didn't know how it operated. I didn't know what to do. And I was used to all the pedal work. 
and I was moving to autom- so I went to a YouTube video and I checked it out. But like in Quest, you can just get into that situation, uh, know your corners, know when to turn in, all that. Um, so that's one thing. So if 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 that suits you, then car parking simulator. There are things like that out there. Um, I love that. Wonder worth thinking about another application for VR. And I still think governments need to cop on and bring this into their licensing program so that we don't have problems like what Ireland did a few years ago. Um, there weren't enough testers in the departments uh, for whatever driving license, whatever they call that DRL. Um, and so what they did was they had a hunt. They had 10,000 people queued up waiting to take their driver's license test. And they just gave them licenses without testing any of them. Yeah. Nice. And that does damage over so many years. Right. So it was yeah. like, like why? That's a very Irish that way to terrifying. solve the problem, unfortunately. Um, with that, I wanted to say as well one other little thing. So we talked just a moment ago about Lemming, uh, the guy who's behind Gorilla Tag, and um, uh, he's he's working on he's working on along with talents in uh, that small dev team on another title, a a yet to be named spiritual successor to Echo VR. Welcome back, Adam. And. Hey. Uh, you're haunted. <laughs> you're haunted. Yeah, it was <laughs> clearly did something there. Um, <laughs> but recently in August, we know that um, Echo VR was sunset by Meta and Ready at Dawn, right? Moving on to brighter pastures, taking away the servers for that game. And uh, that horse is now glue. And I'm still concerned that eagles are making people into horses. But with that to one side, I'm curious what you think of the... Um, somewhat rough gameplay that we're seeing and whether where we're headed for esports. In particular, I know Rowdy, you've been there on site with me before when we saw how much money, you know, Meta was pouring into esports. And I think it got kind of inflated for a time. The bubble popped. We ended up in where we are now. It seems to be coming back in things like Breachers and Onward and Echo. Um where do you project this is going to go next? You know, these kinds of things. Is Echo Saved by the Gorilla Tag team, essentially, in the spirits of it, or I don't know. Do you think that it's? Do you think it's still slow growth for uh, for esports when it comes to virtual reality? Yeah, I I think it was. It is definitely going to be slow growth, right? Because like wh- when you think esports, you know, you think about you know Dota and you think about Counter Strike and like the big tournaments, and you have smaller ones as well. But those that draw big audiences, they need to have. A market for that as well and i i don't mm-hmm. know if, if virtual reality per se is already ready for that i think it's really cool it's much like like i'm watching the age of empires events because i'm invested in that in that game and i play that game and it's a smaller community but vr is still like a fraction of that you know what i mean like it's it's mm-hmm. the, the games there like you don't have for example i, I mean games where it would make more sense because you have more people playing it would be like beat saber example because that's probably one of the more popular games in there but then again is yeah. that an interesting game to be i just don't watch that to see a line of like 10 people go competitively against some crazy song particularly if they didn't know the songs that were going to be played yeah. and it was some kind of like battle royale beat saber on stage rowdy you've just come up with an amazing idea i'm telling you meta needs to send me over to california and uh, you know we'll, we'll have a chat you know yeah. <laughs> Blocks. Beat Saber um, in Roblox. Beat Saber in Roblox. Say, and we'll make a movie about it as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
following what you were saying, Rowdy, I I completely agree. I think esports, and I, I truly believe um, the, the the examples that you use them are correct. The 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 new the, the 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 ones that are actually making it right now are the ones that are very community focused, right? Ghost of Tabor, um, specifically, right? When you look at all of the community infrastructure that they're putting behind the scenes in the game, they have like I saw something called like Tabor Radio, and they were doing all these cool stuff where they were trying to. Uh, yeah, build community. That their Discord, I heard, is quite rampant and and quite active. Their their TikToks, their content creators, are uh, actually really genuinely love the game. And I still believe that even that one is scaled because of the technology, as you mentioned, Rowdy. I, I think that esports and and I think Meta, uh, specific the Horizons team, has a level of data of engagement. Right? They wouldn't release a platform and then suddenly start falling in love with Roblox, for example, if they didn't have the data and say, oh man, this is very difficult. Maybe we'll build infrastructure. Maybe we'll figure out building the tools. And we saw it with Super Rumble. The the, the cool thing about Super Rumble is that it's playable on mobile, it's in VR, and also on desktop, right? It's it's it's, it's multi-platform agnostic. Is this the, vo- is this the boxing one? They're, they're shooter. They're, it's, uh, it's, they're Super Rumble, I think it's called. The Horizon right. Shooter. Uh, oh, I it's, oh, it's, oh, it's a game in Horizon. Okay, that's it's why. It's a game in Horizon. That's why, that's why, that's why I don't know it. Correct. <laughs> and but here's here's the exciting the exciting part is that Super Rumble is proving, and I've been see, watching a lot of developers on YouTube. They're they're very very active in the developer tools for building worlds and horizons that any smart developer will be able to replicate. And I keep going back to 2014 to 2017. Any game that was built in those times with those level that low level low level hardware target are going to be easy able to port those games into Horizons. We're talking about things like uh, Super Hot. I see Echo Arena being an incredible world. When you persistence. say port? Do you mean cloned or do you mean actually Clone. taking the code I mean and port? Clone. Okay, cloned. I yeah, mean yeah. just straight up. It will not. But the, with the social hooks that we see. In Horizon, right? right? I would tend devices. to argue that that's that's correct. Like, um, what mm-hmm. were what were the Wild West? What was that Wild West game that we um played back then? Uh, what was that called? Shoot, in it Horizon? was no, not in Horizon. I'm thinking to to use uh, Jose's kind of analogy here of taking 2016, 2017 games and porting them. There was a there was an infamous game, Dead and Buried, uh, that we right. were playing yeah. at the time, which that model. You can see that porting over quite readily, um, and and I agree with you. There's a bunch of games um, yeah. like The Wizard or, or Wizards and a bunch of other things: spell casting, RPGs, shooters, uh, gallery shooters, um, relaxation apps. You know. Yeah, but the the problem yeah, I think. The, the, yeah, but the problem I think is a little bit I, like. Like what what Meta is doing is selling a platform, right? So you can't just cater yeah. to a specific audience. And with esports, it's a little bit the opposite. You know, you cater to a very specific audience for that game, but the platform itself is not the most important part of that. And I think that Meta shouldn't. Well, what I would like to see is them investing in more high quality titles that grow the platform, that bring more people in, because that would grow those communities of which esports, like you know, would build on as well. Because I, I think if you just bring in more people to play on the platform, then you'll have more people discovering esports on that specific platform. I agree. And I, I have to remember, too, that 
for a community for esports to become an esport and needs an audience. So audience tools need to exist. If nobody's watching, That's nobody's going to perform. Right? Like tools. And look, they have they have home advantage because they own the platform and Horizon is there. And I've said this all the way along, like Horizon's like a poor version of Rec Room or VR Chat. Like I would never out of the blue, that's why I was smirking. Like I would never out of the blue choose Horizon right now <laughs> over VR Chat and Rec Room because those games I know guaranteed fun uh, and some barrage of young kids slinging slurs at me. But, you know, that aside, if I can get my friends together, I can go have a great time world touring in VR Chat. I don't have that same comfort with Horizon. At least not yet. I've not been in there for at least a year or so. Well, you, um, should, you should revisit it. The, the people, yeah. and this is the one thing that I, I keep saying, it's maybe a surprise, but if you go in, because it's a policed environment, you have adult conversations much more readily, and you actually, you're like, you're hanging out with other adults. I know they're dropping the bar on the age and all that limit in there, but... Um, that was my initial the, reaction to it. At was, the same was, time, that was the positive. At the same time, I don't think that like camera tools and stuff like that are main priority for something like Horizon. Because no. if you if you look at like for example games like Onward or Rec Room, uh, the camera tools that they have in place, either built by the community, built by the developers, or in the, like built by the esports scene, scene themselves. They're very high standard. Like I, I remember seeing onwards, you know, on stage, you know, the the tools that they had available for making that an interactive and like interesting watch were quite impressive, I think. And I don't think that Meta or well, of course, if it's in Horizon, some kind of esports in Horizon, that's different. But if it's like a, a separate game, then I think that the developer and the community themselves can do a lot to make that game very appealing. And I, I, yes. I'm sure that Adam knows that very well with the, the company that she works for, uh, that that is something that they very much Important. focus on. Yeah, yeah. Meta doesn't have a great track record of having great no. content creation, recording, streaming, spectator tools. <laughs> so I, I don't expect that to change necessarily no, with yeah. Horizon and, and not with the whole be. platform. It quite frankly shouldn't be their 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 approach, right? I, I think that's uh, and it leads uh, to something I really want to talk about later. But I think what we're starting to see is the interests of these companies now starting to be put at the forefront, which is what are their goals? And I think Meta is officially setting itself up to be the and and, and it goes back to their original rebranding to Meta. They call them themselves. They call the infrastructure. They call them. They wanted to build the underlying tools for companies, like you said to build these communities, to build those tools. It goes back to having the difficult conversations. Zim, they're, ta they're talking to you and having these difficult, they, they're willing to, they're engaging because now they're, they're starting to realize, wait a minute, maybe owning it all isn't the right approach. That's not what the metaverse is. It's building the infrastructure and then bringing everyone up. This is a right? good segue moment. So I will uh, mention something that um, Jose spotted and retweeted. Uh, what I will call a weird-ass meta ad, <laughs> which shows off industrial training application and then goes on to say that this is what people are doing in the metaverse. And, oh man, I so wanted to fight you on this one, Jose. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love that commercial. I think to, 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 it is by far, if I were to, to be honest, it made me cry. Um, close to Apple Vision Pro, the Apple Vision Vision Pro announcement. 
Yeah. It, it was almost a, 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 to me, it felt a redefining of the gears, but it also felt like a, not just a redefining of the gears, but also a, a, uh, this is like the, the revealing of the, of what was behind the curtain that Meta was so carefully trying so hard not to make it the main message just yet including with the quest pro because there's realities of development there's realities of adoption right when the quest pro came out nobody was talking about the world that that commercial was talking about time that requires development that required resources conversations scale the tools that we're talking about behind the scenes for world creation and and that's exactly what what meta was talking about is they're not necessarily using the term metaverse to mean anything. They're talking about what the actual ideology behind metaverse is, which goes back to when meta rebranded all the old school VR guys were mad. That's not what metaverse means because this is no, like it sounds like metas after going exactly after that. They're going after an open internet where they happen to own the, or a very big chunk of the railways. So they're comfortable with letting those railways go wherever. Right? It's similar to how Google helped foster the internet because they had AdSense going. Right, Roblox is talking about human verification because they have all those data and those numbers. Why would they stagnate that platform? Instead, no, Meta's going to come to them and say, hey, use our human verification for human tools because we already have Facebook. Yeah. Look at, use our, our verification badges, use our ads, use our tools, and now all of these platforms have all of that infrastructure, Meta's going to let everybody win. They're not going to care if you're on VR chat or Roblox. And quite frankly, eventually, if you're on PC VR. So for context for people who are listening, because yeah. I wanted to contextualize this advert that we, that Rowdy just showed off. Yes. Um, it shows a couple of situations, right? It shows an engineer looking at a plane engine. Uh, it shows a surgeon performing live surgery, and then it backs out to months earlier when this trainee surgeon was in an Oculus Quest Pro or sorry, MetaQuest Pro and learning, right? So it was a lot about the training aspects of this industrial applications. Um, the reason why I felt that it was really weird, like I, I saw Jose for the same reason that you're mentioning there, bear hugging the company. And I'm yes. here with my Reddit biases wanting to rip, rip them a new one for <laughs> simply the phrasing and the application of language and challenge their definition of metaverse because I see meta like purposefully coloring outside the lines. I agree with you that this trailer is, it can be a bit of a tearjerker in that it's dreaming about the future where it's not just one student, it's m many students and it is yeah. an interconnected, you know, metaverse. But what they show in the ad is all these solo applications. And that's why I was like, I'm going gloves off. Let's box with Jose on this yeah. because <laughs> I'm like, go to Google. Rowdy, can you show us the definition as per Google? Yes. What is metaverse and how is it defined? Oh, and then what we're going to do after yes. that, there's a page dedicated, found this today. I didn't see this before. Meta's got a page. What is the metaverse? And, and it's like a scrolly website. So we're going to show both of these and just talk about them. This will dovetail nicely right, into a so conversation. If, if Jose has it wrong, he's fired. That's what you're saying, right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, more than fired. We're taking him out. Like, like right. concrete shoes. All right. No. You, do you want me to read it out or? Go for it. Yeah. All right. So in science fiction, the metaverse is a hypothetical iteration of the internet as a single universal and immersive virtual world. 
that is facilitated by the use of virtual reality and augmented reality headsets. Its colloquial usage, usage a metaverse, is a network of 3D virtual worlds focused on social and economic connection. So that comes from Wikipedia. That was the Wikipedia one. There was a Google one that I, I, I had sent you. Not the right uh, definition, Rowdy. God damn it. It's okay. <laughs> it's the one a little that bit I want. Wooly. I, I, I saw the Wikipedia one, but Wait, actually I like where? Google's Which one, one do you want? It's an open internet. So it, it's the equivalent of saying HTML1 versus HTML5. Matt, right? I, I'm it, pretty sure that Meta changed the Wikipedia page, right? So. <laughs> they updated it to their vision. Yeah. But but for me, for me, the, 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 the term metaverse is, and I think that's, where a lot of people differentiate, which is the science fiction approach and then the, the reality approach, which is the internet, for the internet to prosper, there has to be money in the industry for it to grow, right? The internet can be considered open, but there's also big playmakers in the conversation that get to determine who gets to be in the ads, who gets to have their devices seen, who gets to be throttled. Netflix, for example, deals with this quite a bit, right? Netflix. Yep giant bills to companies like Verizon simply because people are using their platform in their homes. Like that has nothing yeah. to do with Netflix. So it, yes, the metaverse should be theoretically open, but it's impossible. So what get what do you get to do? You get to build infrastructure. You get to say, okay, guys, this is the web browser. These are the code bases that everybody connects to. And then that web page is showing right rowdy. <laughs> I don't know if it's the yeah. oh, there we go. It's popped now. What was um, but the weird thing is, I don't know if you're right, Rowdy, because um, the when I search again, the, the same definition I saw earlier didn't pop up. It was a, it was a one liner. <laughs> hey, Mark was on to you. Zim was getting fired. No. They're, they're on me right. They're on me right now. But the I think for me the the crux and the difference between the future right is like is the social dimension of the metaverse. Like it's not me watching a training video, learning how to be a surgeon, and then go be a surgeon. It, the metaverse has the interconnected fabric in the same way that the internet does. And that's not demonstrated in that video. No. It's decent as a video as it, it is. is. That is there. I think what Meta showed there was the hyper curated um, battle fortress that will be sailing in that sea of an open internet. Um, that is Very hyper curated experience. Um, <laughs> and, and the reason I'm bringing that up is going back to the Roblox announcement. This is why I paid attention to that event yesterday. Uh, my CEO, while watching that event, a comp somebody who I consider a normie when it comes to VR adoption, yeah. heard a very specific part in the CEO talking about the tools. He, he talked about incentivizing the people who are in that space to, yes, of course, to buy a virtual shirt and a virtual uh, clothing wear, but also to sub subconsciously incentivize them to create their own. And my CEO looked at that and said, that reminds me of MySpace. It made people want to, yeah. yes, copy and paste, but it made people want to invent. And you are going to see that vision of the metaverse. And Meta is going to be hyper-involved. And they're going to win through it because they're going to be having your headsets to be the ship on it. Think of a laptop, right? The, the laptop the doesn't is doing that already. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. th this is what gets me is that I get their vision is painted. And I get their, that Meta is defining uh, their, 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 the road ahead, right? I feel like the definition was already lame. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, and and they're coming in to grab it, and of course it's associated with the meta name now, so it's a it's Can an I important branding play. But I'm curious. So, like, what in that 
trailer. What about what's yeah. what about that vision and that message? You know, brings tears to your eyes. Jose. Yeah, what, what, that's exactly that's exactly what I was gonna reply to you. Is if I were to be honest, what I saw in that trailer was them dropping down the gauntlet and saying, "Okay, huh. we're not going to control the vision. We're gonna let you guys do it how you guys do it best, and we're going to just." provide you the tools, the infrastructure, and drive the adoption. Mm. All the way goes to Roblox giving away a bunch of Quest Pro devices. They could have easily given Vive Pros or whatever. They sure. didn't. It was it was clearly a meta-incentivized approach to say, hey, use these tools. Don't look at the Quest Pro as the ecosystem. Look at it as the the hammer and nail for you to build whatever you're using. Right, yeah. And, and I, I, that's how I, I saw wonder. it. That's what brought the, the so, tear to my eye. I really saw them as a as a okay guys we get it like we, we get it we get it this is what you want and that's what brought the tier to my mind because some of those platforms i'm an enterprise i recognize some of those platforms some of them are not owned by meta uh especially the protein this uh the protein demo when they see the kid pulling out the, that's not a meta product uh, um and those the, uh there was another demo that they showed with the surgical tools these are tools that already exist in, and they're very quite rampant in their being used in a decentralized manner right now. And I think that's what Meta's realizing is, wait a minute, these people are reinventing the wheel because we keep wanting to own the wheel. Let's stop. Let's just work with everybody here, guys. Let's this is, use our infrastructure, connect the tools, use our Horizons platform, which is a cloud app. When you think about it, cloud is another word for DRM, right? These are enterprise apps. So you're kind of seeing the, the roadblocks of pretty much the, the the evolution of how you navigate the internet right the, meta wants to be there, your car for, for me there are two issues that i have with this ad the first one is that w w what they're showing right now it's kind of a dream you know it's it's something that is in my opinion at least or no not in my opinion i know this for a fact this is not ready. This is not something you can just like, you can hop in there and do the things that they show in the video. This is something right. that in my opinion is a, is a video for investors showing, look, this is the kind of stuff that we're doing, trying to bring you on board in order to acquire funding and in order to acquire more companies, I, something like that. But this is not something specifically aimed at the market, I think, for starting to develop those tools. That, that's, I, that's I, I think... I think this is the beautiful part is you're right and yet wrong at the same time because the tools exist. Like the the tool the, the, the software that you yeah, see in that demo. In that demo, it's no, they exist. Like let, let me let me let me close like, like that. if you pay attention, the problem is they're decentralized. Like and, and I'll and I'll bring I'll name two companies that come to mind, Manage XR and Arbor XR. These are mobile device management companies for enterprise and software. They're storefronts. They're they're similar to the Oculus Store, but they're focusing on enterprise. So these guys are talking to the training. I, I I was talking last week to somebody. I think I forgot the name of the app. I think it's called Ovation. But what they do is like um, learning how to do public speaking. Like these tools exist. There's people that have violin tools, the piano learning lessons using augmented reality. They have fitness tools. Sorry, did you say they're mobile? They're a mobile XR platform. In yes. other words, they're selling um, either Correct. VR or AR apps on the storefront. Correct. The, okay. And these are open XR applications that they are tackling something so new and so hard to to build the communication for it 
that a company like Meta right now is not poised or equipped to have those conversations until that advertisement yesterday. That was exactly what they were saying. They're like, they're pretty much saying, okay, we we have we have the list, we have the tools. Remember the Quest Pro release. The Quest Pro had games on the box, right? That was a problem. People talked about this. Like, wait a minute, is this who is this targeting? The reality was there was no polish. It wasn't the technology. It was the polish, the marketing, the messaging. We've seen these ads before, like, you know, decades ago, where they're showing this kind of stuff. But how much of that stuff is actually going to become functional and put into production? And that that brings me to to the second problem that I have with this. And that comes to a, a more fundamental issue, I think, and that is... Does this stuff work? It's, mm. I think that that is a very big question because if we look, for example, at you know training, teaching, um, mm. uh, working in itself, a lot of that stuff um, is still very physical. You know, if you go you go to a school, you know, you, there's companies spending millions of dollars on bringing trainers in to teach their employees something actual there there are now ways of doing this remotely virtually using zoom using uh you know uh, uh mm. the uh, spatial uh, operations now with headsets you can do this stuff right now but companies are not that keen on doing that and there's a reason for that because even meta themselves has been bringing back or scaling back on their remote workforce yeah because they've done they've mm-hmm. done research they've done research and they've shown that uh, employees that have started with them remotely have less performance or function less well compared to employees that have started in the company uh, as an actual, you know, physically going into the office and then move to a remote position. And even the company Zoom, who has pretty much invented the entire, you know, platform of like remote work, yes. they've been bringing their employees back into uh, work because they're seeing an increase in performance then. Yes, so th- th- that brings us to a fundamental issue where I think that even though I think in the future, yes, we're going to see that kind of and stuff. we got to get there. That's, that's to, exactly it. But we need, the, I don't think that the tech, even with what they're showing in the video, is ready there because we need physical interaction with products, with tools oh, okay. uh, that that I think we're not there yet. You know, that the integration I of robotics with. and artificial intelligence in such headsets in order to actually get physical feedback and be able yes. to touch and, and work with tools and collaborate with, with, and Rowdy, with people like that. Rowdy, if, You're if, out if, if you were wrong, then why would I be going out to just hang around and connect? Right. It's like <laughs> it's exactly yes. the reason I, if I could do that remotely, if I could do that virtually in any effective way as yeah, the same conversations that you'd have rubbing shoulders with people in real life, I wouldn't need to do that. Yeah. We're not there yeah. yet. Sensor so, presence is something that's a low hanging fruit, but that's not what, what I was necessarily really right. talking going for. I, I'm talking about the productivity and the connectivity landscape. I, I, you mentioned, um, that it can't be right now. How do you track employees in those spaces? Uh, Microsoft has APIs with Windows Hello where they use it for the bar exam for remote users, right? They use it for court presences now where it, it, they use detectors to know if you're actually there present on the scam camera. And Zoom is actually building these infrastructure. At Meta, and, and it goes back to the ideology of the vehicle. Meta doesn't have to figure out 
the tools and the software mechanisms on how to bring users into the office. All they have to do is build hardware with really good eye tracking and building all of the infrastructure behind the scenes so people build those amazing tools. That's exactly that what we saw in that trailer. It is not just a vision of the future, it is a reapproaching of their original stance. You, you mentioned before, we have seen this a lot of times before, and Meta was trying to be really aggressive with their ecosystem, with their store, with their practices. We have ourselves uh, complained about that. We have had people that have openly uh, been disparaging about it. And I think they're dropping down those boxing gloves. They're it's interesting really, to see that, you know, and I'm really like, I'm really hopeful that that's the case. As I said, in my own conversation with them, like yeah. the, to ever have a Facebook slash meta conversation and have them change a single iota of a contract. Never thought that was possible in years I, prior. To be Never transparent, Zim, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring it up, but I have friends and colleagues and in the space and who are also going to be making similar announcements and right. same exact uh, feedback. It's weird. Right? They it's were, weird. they were absolutely, they <laughs> and it was really cool to get phone calls from friends and being like, yo dude, like the conversations, the, the, the conversations, like their willingness, the, the, the positivity, it's really cool to see. And also on yeah. enterprise level, right? I talked to, that's kind of where my day to day is, is talking to company and founders, being a founder myself. And they're the, the, the position that Meta is taking. Yes. Um, the, the realities of any industry and any business that you have to make friends, but you got to be kind to make friends too. Right. So nobody's going to want a jerk on their store. That's the reality. So um, and I say that, you know, universally to, to, to everybody that's talking negatively about, about these companies is history, um, is there, you know what I mean? You don't have to keep pulling out the, the you know, ringing the bullhorn is if they're trying, like, I think we should encourage it. I think that's really what I saw. And I, like, I really, I have to say this, uh, because I really like the fact, uh, and I see you do this, uh, regularly. You're a fighter, Jose, and you're happy to, against the swath of popular opinion, <laughs> jump into the ring and be like, hey, what they're doing is good. And you yeah. do that across the spectrum. And and it's also not necessarily single coat because there are some people who are just yeah. support everybody. We know those types. And that's fine. That serves a purpose. Yeah. But I like I like when you go in for a champion that you see, because I think you can see a bit sooner, perhaps, than others, sometimes the direction the wind is blowing. Oh, and that's yeah. what I'm hoping this is, because it's it's good news if that's the case. Yeah. Oh, man. Think cool. about Interesting it. The conversation. Quest Pro, the Quest, I think it, we should end it with the Quest Pro. Wasn't the Quest Pro announced dead? And they just threw a <laughs> multi-million dollar football season just started. This ad is going to be running rampant through all of it. Weren't we boasting the death of the I Quest was, Pro? And I was really surprised that Quest Pro was in the feature of this because I feel like with the price reduction, the engineering, how it performed out of the gates, like they clearly had to rebalance the message of how they were selling it, but they haven't given up on it. So it's interesting. It, it really I'm does feel cool like stuff. where we're going um, is a three-tier model from from them and the, what they're selling, right? It's yeah. the cheap quest. We'll talk too. more about that later. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to touch a little bit, and this was the dovetail into after our metaverse scuffles out of the way onto the ever leaking news about quest three. So two things we've seen on Twitter since we saw specs, weight, straps, etc. this week. 
Uh, so I wanted to share a couple of images that just splashed on the web because we have a responsibility anyway as almost an archival system uh, for the internet here on the podcast. And the first one I wanted to talk about was the straps because, and, and more importantly, not the straps themselves because we, we talked about that in a previous podcast, but the connectors uh, for the strap mounts system will work with the headset. Uh, I think we said before we weren't surprised that that was going to change a little bit. So it's not the same. It's not obvious. It's not clearly interoperable with Quest 2. But I'll bet there's a lot of people out there like me who've gotten comfortable with or have several head straps that would be nice if you'd be able to port them to the new headset and just reuse them instead of needing to buy a whole new ecosystem. Um, I'm wondering, and I'm going to point this question again at Jose, like, would a dual rail 3D printed accessory that costs two bucks actually work in this instance? Or is that going to be so weak that it's impossible? I think you print, you snap into the headset and it allows you to adapt another head strap for like almost no money. Like, what do you think? Is that coming? Is that possible? Yeah, yeah that's that's that that can easily be done. Like looking at it on the pictures on the, <laughs> the video that can easily be printed. out. I was like, man, I can do that right now. <laughs> really, if I wanted to. <laughs> we just need to know the I mean, shit. Like you can probably determine it from the picture itself, the size. Yeah, um, you kind of need the CAD model or someone to do the I work. I, of honestly, I see people we figure out like they can do three D replicas by like just looking at the corner of a box. I think this this is good enough for people to figure out um, how to replicate it and three D print it. But yeah. yeah, so that's the first thing. The second thing we saw was a top down view of the headset. And we've seen a few of these things. We had the unboxing on the last podcast. I saw rumors that the weight is about 15 grams lighter. So essentially the same Boz had said a few, uh, few weeks back. Uh, so that's about 400 grams for Quest 3 is the assumption at this point. Um, and the facial interface part, I mean, it seems like it'll be a nice leap. Face being nearly double. And the financial impact of coming off of the high subsidy, which was Quest 2 launching at the time with the huge, like the, the impressive performance jump from Quest 1 at a subsidized price of this thing's coming into market at 500. You know, that's not an easy purchase point, in my opinion, because you're not getting any software with that. Um, in contrast to the original, the original was like the obvious, you know, Christmas purchase for every parent out there with a 10 year old kid. Um, this $500, I mean, that's like, that's a much more serious affair. You're basically buying a computer system at that price. So um, I'm curious how you guys think this is going to pull off whenever we hear about the um, announcement date, the actual specs, you know, what's the battery life on the thing? I'm actually surprised that they don't do more bundling, working with a company to do like, you know, a free game or two. Because like, think of graphics cards, you know, right. that's how I got Half-Life 2 was because it came bundled with my Radeon ATI, I don't know, million ancient now graphics card. And, you know, graphics cards aren't cheap. Probably wasn't, I mean, I can't remember how much I paid for it way back then. Probably nothing compared to now. But even still, graphics cards still give you, you know, usually they partner with some kind of game and give, like, you know, some kind of top tier game with this purchase of a graphics card. Right. And yeah. granted, that's just one component, but, like, I'm really surprised that, Meta can't, or maybe they can't. Maybe they will do it with the Quest Three. I don't know. I can't. Does it speak cheapen to the it future. though? You know what I mean. Like, does that give the right appearance to a consumer? Because but, if I think you, about Apple products, they don't 
do the coupon kind of concept. I agree with you from my PC background. Like there's plenty of cards that I bought. And I was incentivized to buy a particular one because it came with a package. It came with a bunch of cards. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, for the like, don't you want people to try something once they get the quest on? Now they have a good quality game and they'll have a potentially good experience, hopefully. I mean, I guess we'd have to be at the mercy of Meta on what they determine is good. But I mean, Apple's not really a gaming ecosystem, though. You know, no, like, what so it's a very get? different customer base. Yeah. I still think I've thought this since before they bought beat games beat saber should come free with every headset because it just <laughs> opens the door to you piecemealing and buying a bunch of dlc it's a no-brainer to me that should just come bundled in the headset but anyway i, I think it's all about I, I think it's all about psychology um it's it's very very mass psychology uh, um i think they want and and and, and yeah it kind of goes to to something I, i'm very excited to talk about but it, i think what we're seeing is expectations of how these headsets are going to be sold in the future similar how even yeah. cell phones now before they used to have the charger the cable now you just get the cell phone you know what i mean like bring buy your own charger buy your own cable brick <laughs> you know what i mean like oh you know the earth and all that but in reality is they're a software company so they really don't make much margins in hardware so they're going to yeah. find their way to make that as, as low as possible and once that gets even to a tinier form factor, the box will get smaller, and that's just roadmaps being set. Yeah, so that's that. Okay, so that's Quest 3. We'll know in a couple of weeks. Uh, Oculus Connect isn't far off now. Um, and like what we saw with Pontify, um, we got to see that Demio is now showing off something some of us have wanted for quite some time, which is hand tracking uh, capability. So being able to pick up and move and all that with full color pass through man that really seems like to me that tilt five is dead in the water because the premise <laughs> of tilt five was able with your friends and it's quite expensive and the hardware itself is a little bit iffy um but if you if you think about having a multi-headset household it becomes really easy to do particularly if you upgrade from like a quest 2 to quest 3 and you have a couple extra headsets Give the kids the Quest 2s, have the parents in the Quest 3s, and all of a sudden you've got a three or four player game and you're playing a, a tabletop that's amazing like Demio with no need for controllers. So you can sit there with your chips and your drinks and swigging away and having yeah, a Demio awesome. campaign. That's going to kill. Just, it's so right? good. I hope that because like sometimes I even accidentally move my figure and it's like goes on the wrong spot or like you mean to go over the enemy and it it just goes next to him instead. So (laughs) I don't know, but I I can imagine like with hand tracking, that's my only worry. Like I think that everything they've done is so cool. Like I love the pass through. I'm still just a little skeptical about hand tracking in general. And especially when I already make stupid mistakes with controllers, I can only imagine like, oh here, perfect spot. And then the hand just like, you know, flies away all of a sudden and it's like, oh no, like that that move that was gonna be perfect is now ruined. So the devs I am so excited. That, in my but, opinion. The yeah. devs should yeah. when you're when you've got a hand tracking model, allow it's kind of like a mulligan or something equivalent system in a golfing game where you're like, oh did you really mean to make that mistake? Like you yeah. can take it back. 
house rules is what when, I call it. Like house rules I, for engagement. Yeah, when I, when I played with Zim, he had that a lot as well. Like, you know, he's like, oh, Zim, we need help. And then, oops, I by accident landed on the coins. <laughs> oops, I by accident landed on the coins. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't, for me, like it wouldn't happen gold. that often. But when it does happen, it's just so sad. It's just, yeah. you're just like, there goes my turn. There's, I'm just going to be sitting in front of this guy. Nothing could be done. In the co spatial part. That's what I liked about that little demo that you can see it. It's actually anchored to, I think, like a surface of a table yeah. when they're walking around. That's the that's the magic at play. That's that's the beauty of, I guess, at the end of the day, that's what makes ecosystems kind of important, I guess. Right. Which is that these devices are in some way transmitting to each other also locally and telling each other where they're at. Right. So that that also creates a new level of a perception that. Yeah, it can only be done. Through. And I kind of love if your 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 concept about the um, three elongated uh, quest three markers do become spatial markers and help to <laughs> round that environment, so it feels like a base station tracked experience. Yep. You know, be kind of neat if that comes into it. But um, again, that's getting a little bit beyond yeah. current engineering. Um, but I, I I do I feel like for Tilt Five, not just with Meta. Uh, but I feel like if they're not already on the watch out, I mean, I'm sure they are, but it feels like the bell is tolling for them because there's so many companies now with pass-through headsets in full color that's just closing in on the unique selling point of Tilt. And I I don't see what happens to them two years from now. You know, they just seem I mean, to be wiped off the face of the earth. I, I was just seeing on Twitter like a few days ago, or X as they call it now, um, <laughs> uh, I saw that there were people, there was a, a drunk guy in Gamescom rambling about a dev unit that is an augmented reality headset made by Nintendo. So they, and, oh, yeah. and this is yeah, something that has been, like, if you know, you know, but like this guy was in a bar, he was hey, yeah, Nintendo, we got the headset, augmented reality, you know, <laughs> sitting down experiences. And I'm like, and so, yeah, people are talking about it now. So it's the idea of a augmented reality home console. Is, yeah. It's probably way closer than we're, we're, we're imagining. You know, I'd if love it's that. If, a, if it's leaking out from Nintendo in drunk bar guy fashion, which is one <laughs> of the most tight-lipped companies out there, um, it's probably way sooner than we think. Gotta love drunk guys. Yeah. And and you know what I also love? I love games. So uh, let's oh, talk yeah. about VR mods for a quick minute. Uh, maybe to Rowdy's chagrin, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. But first up, <laughs> I want to say that uh, I haven't played Firewall Ultra yet, not purchased it. And um, it was actually the one solo reason I picked up a PSVR 2. You know, when you're like, like doing that math in your head uh, based on what you know, what you don't know. I was like, OK, I can do PS5 and PSVR 2 and the, the all-in cost of that if at the end of the day I get to play Firewall again, right? Because it was such a good experience at the time. Not, I just, I hear it needs time, which frankly isn't, frankly, isn't unlike First Contact Entertainment <laughs> to release not quite ready for primetime software, uh, like they did with Solaris and a few others where they, you know, the core of the game, the heart of the game, the fun part is there, but some of the quality of life stuff really needs to be looked into. Um, so if you're into FPS games and you didn't click uh, yet so far on what's happening to Battlefield um, and Call of Duty, i.e. the kings of FPS at the moment, well, guess what? There's a new challenger in town uh, and I've been playing it and like it a lot. It's called Battlebit. Uh, we have showed this on the podcast before, but Roddy's going to. Um, it looks like Roblox with chunky Minecraft characters and voxel visuals. So it's a bit low fidelity. But what it feels like 
is Battlefield Bad Company 2, because you can blow through walls, you're squatted up, night vision in the rain, whole squad marching yeah. across terrain. That's so good. Back in A, like, it is great. And now there's a VR mod they're taking her away with, and this is not far off. Like, it, the in the video, it shows someone hopping into and flying over a city like Fallujah in a helicopter in VR. Man, like, we are so close to exactly what I've been waiting for for the longest time, probably about 10 years, which is Bad Company 2 in VR, please. And so... Oh, my gosh. Please squad up with me and play this. We're going to have a laugh at some point. <laughs> and the scale of it, of course, is the number of players that can do like 128 versus 128. And I'm not so much for those matches because they're just too chaotic. I'm like a 16 v 16 or 32 for 32 kind of guy. But man, if you're into FPSs, that coming to Dude. us, even in blocky form. Hell yes. Bring it on. Yes. Bring it on. I, 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 you, you just hit my heart with Battle of Bad Company too. That's like, but I didn't play much of the multiplayer, but the story, like I love the Bad, the bad <laughs> Company, like store, the campaigns, like so big implanted on my brain. Like it's honestly oh, so Bad Company 2's story feels a little bit like what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, like a year from yes. now. We could be yes. living that reality. It's a bit scary uh, that, yeah. that we're in that spot now. But with that, another one, another uh, friendly mod from the modding realm of the Internet. Uh, if you're into more relaxing alien life forms who might on occasion also like to eat you, uh, then why not take a spin with motion control VR mod for Subnautica Below Zero? So for those who don't know, sequel to Subnautica, which never had official VR support, unlike the original, which had some VR support from the main company, then got modded, then got modded multiplayer. Uh, so Below Zero is a pretty cool uh, follow-up to the original game. Looks quite slick. And with this VR mod, you can even interact with your floaty hands. You can grab the fish and grope them, just like Rowdy was griping about all those years ago. Yes. He just wants to Stop get his... groping fish. It's not done. <laughs> <laughs> thought that's why you wanted it, Rowdy, no? Yes. No judgments here. No judgments. Not at no, all. We don't, we don't, yeah. <laughs> as long as I keep it in the virtual world. world. That's right. Yeah, keep your kink in the virtual world. Um, so that's Subnautica Below Zero. Look out for that one, too. Um, can't wait for those mods to evolve and eventually hop back in. Only ask from Zim, of course, is let us take the HUD off, please. Okay. Uh, with that, let's move on to the big boy and Luxie Lady headsets uh, for the podcast today. Uh, are you a fan of lasers? Well, we've got two fancy schmancy headsets for you. How about the Starkly Battlestar Galactica Somnium VR1 headset that's been in development for some time? We got a glimpse of this on Twitter. And um, I just imagine, like, you know, you're some friendly lady and you've gone on your first date and you sit down and there's this guy across the table from you and you, my, what piercing eyes you have, sir, Mr. Somnium. His, um, the look of this headset is a little daunting, I will say. It looks like looking at a cyborg across the table with these odd eyes, very wide presence, almost reminiscent of like a Pimax style headset, but this thing is is large. It's like a big black brick that you wear on your face uh, and has direct pass-through. So like the Apple Vision Pro, which shows others your eyes, in this case, you get to see what Android eyes <laughs> on the other side of the headset. Um, but this has got a lot of PC VR folks excited. It is a base station tracked headset as well. Uh, so Somnium is pretty cool. I don't know. Jose, I'm curious if maybe this is one that you've kept your eyes on. Yeah. Since it's been. 
I mean, it kind of goes to what the importance of, I guess, a hyper curated vessel during the in the metaverse. Um, I think that's the best. Um, that is literally a complete open alternative to what right. Meta is doing with their device. This is a open, programmable, uh, developer friendly from all aspects and into uh, toolkit. So it's not going to be very scalable in terms of adoption. I don't think that's their goal. Hopefully that's not their goal. I think it's for the people that want to build stuff and not necessarily share that data with a company like Meta right. or for whatever reason. Yeah, it's, yeah I think it's a cool device. It's scary. I don't know. I mean, it looks, <laughs> the look of it, the look of it, yeah. I, I think it's beautiful. I don't know. I, 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 I revisit, like, I think it looks cool, like, and beautiful in concept. But when you see that picture of the guy wearing it with those little... I don't know. I I I don't Stop like. Stop looking at me. Yeah, <laughs> creepy vibes of just like yeah. I don't. I don't want to look at him directly. I just there like, was. Uh. I don't know if it's in that same tweet, but like, it, but there's a picture or where they show like a, a pelican case next to it, where I guess oh, it's yeah. being stored. Yeah, yeah. And show, I show that rowdy. It's it's. He's got like yeah. four images. I saw yeah. that box and I immediately was like, "Damn, I like that better than the DK DK one box." Yes. Yeah. That, that was the first thing I thought. And two, I really thought that the headset converted into a Pelican case. And I was about to be like, this is the headset I want. I Damn, want it'd be so cool. Bombproof headset. That means it can during the apocalypse. That's the headset I want. That you'd wear on your face. Yeah. But I mean, there's something to be said about a really cool case. No, I wouldn't use it. Yes. And I know it's overhead on the price. Please don't, you know, large platform. But if you're buying a headset like this, which is really niche and kind of off to the side, um, then then it's awesome. Yeah, Rowdy's got it on screen there. Jam. It's, it's the whole experience of having right. like a big Pelican case like that. Like, you know, you want to see some high cool tech and you just slam it on the table, just the clicking sound. It's the whole experience of like <laughs> opening some cool high tech. It's like having a nuke or something like that. Like, you want to see like the launchers like, and you open this Pelican case up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rowdy, for your feedback, uh, I don't know if you saw that, but like, apparently there's an audio blackout for half a second during scene transitions. So uh, mm -hmm. Rowdy's just taking back the reins. So we were expecting a few things to be a little bit iffy. Um, audio transplanted. Yeah, just for a couple of seconds. That's a standard fare here at the, uh, on the F Reality podcast. I'd say <laughs> probably mm -hmm. our sensors coming in trying to trying to grab us, but we'll look into that. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is if you don't like this headset because you're like, ah, it's a bit big. Well, there's another one and it's only a quarter the size and yes it's big screen beyond now available for ready for public consumption uh, so if you want this thing for christmas or whatever go place your orders simmers and uh grab the headset that looks like swim goggles um and is just it's 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 turned all of the uh, vr headset wearers into kind of weird looking people it's just a different form factor you know it's like <laughs> It's a really strange look to me still. I don't know what it is, but there's something about it. It's yeah. like slightly angled off the eyes or something about it that you just know, makes you feel a little uncomfortable. It reminds me of the, I, I, I don't mean to be rude or mean, but it reminds me of the, the, the creepy stereotype of the hyper goth dude that wants to be Morpheus from Matrix in high school and would wear like those tiny little glasses. And people would be like kind of scared. It's like, yo, is he, is he a threat to us? But he never really was. Like that's what those glasses make me think of, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Like you're one trench coat away from looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
looking like a threat, right? Looking yeah. like a threat. Yeah. So that's that one. Um, I'm curious, Adam, is this, cause you're a, uh, you're a base station lass. Um, is this headset attractive to you? I have been very, very tempted. Like if money wasn't so kind of tight right now, I would actually consider it. And I, I love seeing all the pictures of like people putting the big screen inside of their other headsets just to show yeah. like the difference. But it's, yeah, it's the, the looks don't bother me too much. I kind of like the the shiny like sheen almost that it's got on the outside. I haven't read if that affects, you know, the base, base stations or anything. I'm assuming not. But I'm this. This has been very tempting to me. So we'll see. I don't know. Someone's listening. <laughs> Christmas is coming. So somehow sneakily <laughs> get that app and get my face scan well, while I'm sleeping. Connect. I don't know. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> honey. I sold the dog and got you a headset. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's it. Um, I love that plugging for Christmas already. <laughs> it's only September. Uh, yeah, my face scans in my Christmas. sleep. I will be okay with it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that reminds me. I had to uh, with floss measure my wife's ring finger when I was planning to propose, and that is sensitive because if she wakes up and catches you doing it, well, she's onto it. She knows what's going right. So. Or you end up on a list. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. Just randomly holding somebody's fingers. Like, like someone looks like honey. <laughs> I just imagine Zim like next to the bed with like you know dental floss and be like, <laughs> and his wife waking up be like, uh, oh, this is not what you think it is. It was one of the weirdest moments of my life. Like just imagine like like Mission Impossible be coming down on strings, you know. So anyway, anyway, with that, um, I know we've already alluded to this last podcast, and I've probably dropped enough personal news on today's show, but I have just one more, uh, which is if you're a casual listener, you'll you'll know how hard I've fallen for PSVR 2's implementation of No Man's Sky. So I had to give this a punctuation point. I've put it to the test on and off show for 50 hours straight now, um, putting out about 25 hours worth of streams and not diverting my attention to any other game while doing that. I'm wholly absorbed by No Man's Sky, but today is the day I have to finally announce it. No Man's Sky is the best VR game I've ever played. Um, it beats modded Skyrim, the game I played for five years, loved dearly, uh, flooded, and my PSVR 2 and PS5 were both destroyed. I would eat ramen for months, scramble funds together, rebuy the PS5 and PSVR 2, and even start a new save file just to experience this game. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, uh, as the journey in that game is just so bloody incredible, I don't want to give away the tiniest details, but there's a huge robot army that hunts... Anyway, uh, I've said enough. Better than Sky. As the fans, including Adam, you can bite me. This is it, right? I'm a Hello, guy, Hello Games guy now. Era's over. Five years with Vanessa has come to an end. I'm going to go marry a Gek and retire <laughs> on a rare duo biome, tropical metallic world at the edge of the universe. I'm done. And I, as a human, I'll never be the same again. I, I didn't think this, this moment would happen. The game I, is incredible. I still want to know. I don't know because I asked you if someone has played No Man's Sky on the PS out PlayStation Plus, how that experience is. Because I don't have PlayStation Plus because I pay for my Internet, you know, and I feel like that should be good enough. <laughs> but I do really want to try um, No Man's Sky for the PSVR 2. I just don't know what if the experience like, do you need PlayStation Plus for it still to be good? Is it just like same No Man's Sky, but you don't see, you know, you don't have people coming to your planets that you can randomly run into? I'm curious if anyone's done it that way. So yeah, that, that might help push me over the edge. Yeah, Chad, please, please do help convince Adam if you can. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that because I've had Plus throughout. But the one thing that I will say sure. 
is that the single player for this game is equally as enjoyable as the multiplayer aspect. In fact, I have just a hell of a good time. Like I'll be in playing single player and then two hours in a buddy will jump in and we'll talk in a cave for an hour or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's that kind of game where I feel equally at home. Yeah. Very few games do this where I feel equally at home in single player as I do multiplayer. Like one doesn't trump the other, which is weird, but that's how I feel about it. Uh, I, 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 I also dragged Mike, our old host, um, into No Man's Sky. I say that he actually reached out. He's like, hey, show me the ropes. And I'm like, hell yeah. And so we had a good blast of it and um, went through a bunch of things, found him a down ship. And that's the one thing I'll just take away from this. Uh, for those people who are tinkerers into their games, I found a ship that needed to get repaired. It's taken me like eight days solid and it's still not fixed completely yet. You work your way through it. And so it feels like First off, you stumbled upon it. You found it. It's like finding a magical treasure. And the second part is, if you really like putting effort into something, like in a, in a Minecraft day, you sketch something out on paper, you built it. Like I did, I put 3D glasses on a mountain with a team of four people. We just did that, mined all the hard elements, did it all in survival, you know? I, I like putting effort into a game and getting that back. And the same thing here. It's an A-class ship I found, and I've just been repairing it with all these rare resources and stuff that you need to find. And it drives your mission, your discovery. And then at the end of the day, you pat your ship on the back and you're like, that's my baby. You know, that's my baby. She's mine. It means something to me now. And so that's what's really just glued me to the game. And uh, it's not a feckin' hassle or pain in the ass like Skyrim mods are, you know, which, which they are. And I like the pain in the ass, but not everyone does. So <laughs> this one's easy. This one's Please easy. Please clip that. I used to have a portable moment. <laughs> <laughs> all right speaking with that i've been on my podium long enough uh at form jose wrote to me this week exclaiming of his love for hardware revisions in only a way you all know that jose can represent so with that on the horizon jose can you please tell us what's got you so animated about Quailcom? oh man um i i guess uh first things first uh we're talking to 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 to, the, to everybody, and, and I'm not going to get very hyper technical with the definition. So I don't want to I don't want to get a lot of angry DMs telling me you didn't use the exact definition. This is for everybody to understand. People um, like me, stupid. <laughs> there we go. I'm talking to the mainstream. There we go. So I'm going to try to to make it as as easy to understand and, and digest as possible. So what we're seeing is a standardization or a eventual evolution of how architectures and computers are approached and they're kind of for the first time being led by the spatial computing virtual reality xr space however you want to call it industry which is a a split on the road um is the best way to describe it um it kind of goes with the meta quest 3 announcement um you mentioned zim how the box form factor and the messaging behind it um, there was actually something that leaked also along with those news that there was a potential Quest 3 Lite in development, which is a much lighter approach uh, meant to replace the Quest 2, um, but still carrying the, the Quest 3 um, form factor or, or brand name of sorts. What did, I, I think I saw that in a tweet crossing, but like, what, what was it? There was a, a, 
a leak or someone's musing yeah. that there might be a Quest 3 light. I, I've Correct. Not seen there's much just, about so there's this. a so the the week the, the way that these leaks are getting is through a lot of data harvesting, um, a lot of supply chain orders. A lot, it's very high level uh, speculation, but also okay. using data to to hide to to make the best closest thing to a speculation, and also announcements from Qualcomm. Uh, the Division Pro announcer with Apple, um, and also seeing the the roadmaps for upcoming devices. Um, we saw that um, with the beginning of the Steam Deck. Sorry, um, Jose, just one one question there on that. Yeah, so what is the Quest Three Lite meant to be? Is it is it essentially trying to bring the price point down? I mean, what what gets scrapped between Quest it's, Three and Quest yeah. Three Lite then? So if we look at the Quest 2 and the Quest 3, they run on something called the, I don't know the new name of the CPU, the CPU for the Quest 3, but the XR2 chipset on the on the Quest That's 2, right. for example, it's all-in-one CPU that encompasses pretty much all of the operations that you see and play with on the Quest 2. Um, those chips have a theoretical limit on how much you can process within them if you're dedicating processes like uh, tracking data, eye tracking data, the space. So you're it's the equivalent of RAM and memory, right? If you're using a lot of, you know, you have eight gigs of RAM and you're using something that uses five gigs, your computer is going to slow down. So it's mm. the same kind of approach. The CPU uh, is starting to hit theoretical limits on how can we make processing easier, which has led to a new industry called split computing. Um, the best example that I can show split computing, and I've got some devices to show and tell, oh, right? Show and uh, tell. <laughs> is the Asus ROG, right? Which is a handheld device similar to the Steam Deck. God damn it, it Jose, has... you have all the toys. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I want to come visit. But that's but that's the exciting part about having these specific toys, right? Because they allow you to make the best glimpse of the future, right? So these devices, and I'm going to turn this one on real quick, but... Um, they're designed like a handheld. They look like all-in-one devices. But the beauty of these specific processors is that they're meant to replicate the same processing or same architecture as what we see on our traditional laptops and computers. So they're a lot closer to an Intel CPU i9s, i7. Right. Um, this one specifically, the, the reason I was bringing this up is because they run, of course, on the... Sorry, I was hey, running I just say. Those are some but they run on the yeah Windows 11, so pretty much it's a portable laptop. Yeah. So anything that runs on a laptop x86, the same software they would normally install on a Windows computer, will install on these low form factor CPUs and operating system. Now, there there is a limitation of power consumption. You can't you can use a laptop for three hours. This guy running a high end game like let's say Star Citizen or or any of the newer games, this will probably last like 30 minutes running it. Yeah. So how do you account for high desktop processing? Um, split computing. This income. So we have seen traditional, actually, let me pull this one out. He's got so bear, out he's pulling out bear <laughs> graphics cards now. Yeah, so I'm pulling out a bear <laughs> graphics card, <laughs> which is a traditional desktop card. And we all know, you know, the, the form factor. But this is specifically what I wanted to talk about. So this uh. is the PCI connector. So this is what the CPU on a traditional desktop allows the graphics card to communicate and perform to its maximum capabilities, which allows you to get you know all the cool stuff that you visually see on the monitor. 
that doesn't exist for or didn't exist for mobile CPUs until the last few years where split computing has really started to dominate the space. We have seen companies like Asus that have revisited the PCI connector and building new tools, new connections. This is a, I think they're called e-external display, e-GPU, but essentially they're looking at USB-C to kind of push the bandwidth and then a special connector that similar to what we see with PCI, enabling you to allow traditional graphics processing to communicate with low form factor CPUs that are already designed to run these games and these operations. Now, there's a new term that companies like Apple introduced into the eco, the, to the eco to our industry, which is spatial computing. And a lot of people have saw that at first and they thought it was a marketing stick, right? Because we're so used to seeing people reapproach um, messaging and it usually does have a marketing relativity to it, but the fundamentals of it are quite differently. Um, we're seeing all-in-one headsets like we see with the Quest 3 that CPU is housing everything. It's housing the, the, the calibration, the games, the operating system, all of those games are going to be running in this chip. But at the same time, within the next year, we're going to see new companies introduce the same exact CPU, but running a class GPU inside the hardware using special connectors, like we see with these devices, running all on the headset. And for that, there is a weight reality. There is a battery space. Right? because you're, you're, you have to dedicate now um, a new form factor, similar to what we see with the Quest 2 and the 3, where you only have enough space for one giant CPU in the headset because of cooling restrictions. But Apple introduced a headset with two CPUs and one's handling the spatial tracking, right? So that CPU is doing everything that the headset requires um, in order to, for it to function without it doing anything else. Similar, um, or it's or rather a new approach to how Quest is doing it, where everything is running on the chipset. So bridge that gap yeah. for me, Jose, because yes. that was my, it was probably my favorite part of Apple's unveiling of the Apple Vision Pro was the yes. fact that they had this, kind of like what you have if you're a streamer and you've you know done your years or whatever, and you end up with a dual PC setup, you got one PC running the game, one PC dealing with the stream, and taking right. the load off means the two are no longer competing, and there's quite a value in that. So now I'm trying to understand. So I saw it on an Apple Vision Pro's circuit diagram, and they showed the two, and they ex explained it quite eloquently how they would handle, just like you have said, the two different sets of operations. Correct. How does that connect us back to what you see for uh, Meta, Qualcomm, and this Oculus, sorry, MetaQuest Lite? The realities of scaling of hardware, the, the current architecture that Meta is accustomed their developers to is going to be theoretically limited by the, the progress of these, these devices. They're going to get smaller, but the processing ain't going to, to theoretically get better. Or, or faster. 
So we're starting to see now the, the big dogs that make CPUs come in and say, how do we allow a company like Qualcomm that has dominated the space, that has already fundamentally dominated the eco space when it comes to the CPUs handling spatial data, tracking data, and now they're working with the companies that make the GPUs, that make the graphics cards, the companies that we normally see on laptop computers and desktop computers, and they're going to be bringing those chips and communicating with their Qualcomm chips. And that requires a new industry of hardware, a new revisiting of operating systems. And that's what I'm mostly excited about, right? Um, the Android operating system, and it's something that I, that I talk quite a bit, was designed for mobile cell phone-based uh, CPUs. They, were, they, they built the ecosystem that we know today, but they were fundamentally was designed with application per instance in mind. They were never designed with a world of, let's say minority report or windows where you have multiple applications running at the same well, time. And I'm wondering what, yeah, if you would, um, cause I think you've lost me. I'm wondering, right. Adam, are you following and do you have questions? <laughs> yeah, I'm, definitely ask. You've definitely, I, I was following for the first half and then you lost me the second half. So I'm like, I'm still trying to piece together how this works. And I'm wondering what Rowdy and Adam are thinking. So oh, say, <laughs> you both yeah. jump in. It's yeah. I guess yeah. the best way to describe it, it's a lot, it's a very high level stuff. And trust me, I don't know if you've seen Bradley's uh, stream too, you know, like the guy he said, hey, I'm rambling like a madman because it truly is a, a beginning of a brand new industry. What we normally see as VR headsets are going to be seen as VR headsets and then there's going to be spatial computers. Spatial computers will pre pretty much be a lot closer to a laptop than a traditional headset that we know today. They're gonna to be um, able to handle high levels of graphics processing. They're going to be probably designed with some levels of remote hybrid rendering, maybe like with another desktop externally. They're gonna work with ecosystems that are already established like PC VR, right? And all of these games are gonna be pretty much jumping over without any new, uh, developer interaction. So Half-Life Alex running in an all-in-one headset. And does it um, mean that Qualcomm ends up losing out to big GPU suppliers? That Like they're biting into their market? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That, and that's why Qualcomm is being much smarter about it. They said, wait a minute, if these guys are already jumping in, then we should focus on dominating spatial um, architectures. And that's where we're gonna see these CPUs where the Qualcomm XR2 that everybody knows how to develop for is going to become essentially a CPU that's going to be working alongside a high CPU in the near term. And I think that's the announcement where Meta announced with LG and they specifically mentioned a Quest Pro um, successor. Right. Which is very specific to what LG does. LG is a software company that works with where um, for high processing, they make really high-level TVs. Um, this feel, you know what this feels like, Jose. This, this, this yeah. feels like when, <clears throat> when I've listened to a, a talk, and this is a compliment uh, from like John Carmack or something, and it goes through my brain once, and I go, "Yeah, I didn't get all of that." And then I watch <laughs> it back like a year after whatever he was saying is coming has come out, and then I watch it back and I go, 
oh yeah, it all did kind of happen out that way. That's, <laughs> that was an advantage. And I just couldn't I mean, see it at the time, but. Yeah, I think once you get the visuals, <laughs> like you start seeing like, you know, I don't know, Half-Life Alex side by side with a web browser in a VR headset. Yes. And you're like, wow, you this is possible now. Like once you see it, that's that's when I'm really like, oh, okay. Like this is kind of a big deal. Then you, could, you can actually alt tab in VR um, as a standalone yes. headset, essentially. That makes sense. I'm glad that you mentioned the, the word Alt-Tab, right? And that, that also leads to the Galia leaks, right? Where Val, sadly as Bradley and his team, like those those enthusiasts have data mined upcoming devices that Valve is working on. And Valve is 100% approaching spatial computing architecture. Their work in, in, in the really exciting part where, uh, and Bradley made this case and, and the data goes kind of proves that, that's, that that seems to be the case is the, the Steam Deck was so successful that they actually turned the developers to target a specific hardware benchmark. And that hardware benchmark is already to run on a portable CPU. So you can just tell the developers, hey, you want to release a game for the VR version, the, the new Steam Decker? You don't have to target any crazy headset uh, the target that doesn't exist. Target the Steam Deck because the Steam Deck is going to have the same CPU plus the high-end GPU. So you already have a benchmark to target. That is pretty much what the, the, the it's going to be a portable in your eye Steam Deck that's going to be able to, able to run any game that runs currently in the Steam Deck, but with the spatial CPU. Get it out? Yeah, I don't- Hurry up it, already. It's, oh, it's coming. It. And, and that's the reason we're talking about this. <laughs> I will make money. I will. I will do things that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really cool to see because we're going to see a a um, a point and within the next five years, three in all of the headsets within this generation of headsets that have only one CPU, and we're going to call them. I guess they'll be they'll have a name. They'll probably call XR devices, and those are going to be pretty much similar to cell phones, which are going to replace cell phones. We already, and that's the excited part with Qualcomm, right? Qualcomm is working with 5G companies like T-Mobile and AT&T, and they're talking about decentralizing these headsets, activations, um, also the data that you can get with these headsets. You don't think that you know are the powers that be are not interested in that data. So they're going to be putting their backends onto that stuff. And it's a brand new industry. It's uh, it, it's really cool that for the first time, we're seeing a, a, a direct counterpart counterpart to laptops. Um, a lot of uh, high-end uh, developers, engineers don't like that, right? Because displays are not yet at the, at the realm of replacing a, a, a desktop computer or monitor. But... CPU architecture wise, we just got our feet very, very wet. Um, Interesting because sense, yeah. what I hear, what I'm hearing from you is go invest in NVIDIA. <laughs> That's what I'm kind of hearing. <laughs> oh man, I would say go invest in companies that, and this is good. Uh, oh man, I'm going to get, you guys, I, I, I swear, like take this with grain of salt. I am not saying this, let's do it. But I am now looking at companies that are designing headsets like, the the somio yeah who make large headsets with a lot of space they're going to 
probably have an opportunity to uh, probably transcend into that industry really easily because unlike all these other headsets that that started focusing smaller form factors, they're they're probably going to have it easier when it comes to space uh, accommodation. What what is the is the space because they would need to what um, connect to, to something external? Yeah, it's too it's too it's, so. Imagine an XR two like the the same CPU that runs on the Quest two, right. but n connected to another CPU, and that requires the same amount of cooling, probably a little bit hot, uh, more cooling actually, right. and also the connectors between them, like they're they, like the like the one I showed you, like this this connector. The reason it's such short throw is because this is the theoretical limit that that high level bandwidth can go. Right. Um, and if you really want to go even faster, then you'll need to go straight onto the motherboard. And that's what PCI does at the moment. It, it's really cool stuff. It's uh, a, a brand new industry that's being born. So now we're seeing the, the traditional motherboard companies revisiting the architectures between the CPU and the GPU. And also the PCI industry is like, wait a minute, we're not being left behind. And also the infrared companies that do traditional base station tracking are starting to now look at short throw, short distancing base stations, right? Like instead of a giant base station that's looking at you on the corner doing 30 feet, what about a small little sensor that can do 10 feet and it's embedded onto your laptop or onto the bezel of your screen? And you can do all of the, the same things in your bedroom. It, it's really cool, the, the the beginnings of this industry. And I wanted to, to kind of highlight this because it's hard to talk about. And I apologize that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that it's um that you know we're not seasoned in explaining this new forefront in technology but i'm you know i'm available to to discuss longer but it's it's high it's very important to to kind of start looking at these headsets especially the all-in-one headsets as eventually becoming actually quite powerful um we before we you know we made conversations like half-life alex and i've said it on the podcast before like half-life alex cannot run on the quest 3 right but Half-Life Alex running on a Quest 3 CPU plus GPU device, that's right. That's a game changer. And that's what that's, I'm hearing yeah. from you. And yeah. it, it, it it's funny because it's gonna it's gonna dovetail very nicely into our next subject here, but it's that concept of kind of extensibility beyond all we've had so far, largely in, in VR headsets, is single serving device all within a walled garden can't really tap into it, can't mod it, can't extend it, can't even extend the bloody storage, right? So it's, it's an interesting <laughs> realm. I, I look forward to that. I look I, forward it's to it's these... so beautiful, man. It, 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 and I, I want to lead it with one little thing that I, that I, it keeps playing in my head. Um, and I said it as a joke and actually got the, the hardcore VR people liked it a lot. But um, this is a almost a near 30 year vendetta um, being at the helm by Gabe Newell especially when it comes to Valve's side of it all. Um, Gabe was in a heavily part of in the 90s with the architecture that runs Windows today and the applications and how they communicate. Mm -hmm. And he's never been shy of his grievances with the goal of the operating system and how they function. And the Steam VR platform has, since the beginning of VR, we call them overlays, which is the ability for applications to float up in your screen and all of this architecture that that we're seeing kind of the gears is going to eventually design a world 
where a company like Valve or Microsoft will be able to reinvent what the operating system is like Microsoft Windows and have floating windows and Valve in their messaging, they're not ever going to use the word windows. Right. They're calling them overlays. And it's really cool to see that where Gabe Newell has seeded for almost 15 years in this industry and also 30 years in the making. This guy has been seeding the narrative and there's going to be the, the gen alphas or whatever they're called. The new generation kids will never use the word windows. They would say, oh yeah, click that overlay Xbox or click that overlay, you know, minimize that overlay or do, you know, Weird. it's, it's right. It's so fundamentally psychological that it's just awesome. <laughs> no more. It goes that way. That's what Nikazi says. Is it what? No more, no more Amiga. No more Amiga. Oh, right. Like you were trying to say like no more friend in Spanish. I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> the Amiga, right. No more friend in <laughs> No me Amigo. I, I was like, okay. Fine. I, I, thought, I thought Raleigh was telling me he didn't want to be my friend anymore. Cause I, like, <laughs> I was like, no, Raleigh, I take everything I, I pack. <laughs> I don't Thank agree. You for that. No. <laughs> It definitely was uh, lecture heavy for me, and I will um, have to pour over it again as I normally do post uh, post podcast and try to get my attention span to to hold focus to the points you were trying to make there. Uh, but it's a very interesting future, and this uh, this goes right, but buttress is right up against the next one. Uh, no easy way to say this. Uh, jizzy bodies, jizzy bodies, or jizzy bodies. I don't know how to pronounce this. J i z a i. <laughs> Jazai? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Jazai. Hey, we'll call it Jazai then. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to keep on kill it, calling it Jizzy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Japanese creators. This one is practically indescribable, honestly, but I'll try. Now, imagine you had a carapace, a shell uh, surrounding your body. Uh, you're no longer human and you've merged a frenetic creature and attached an extra... Not four, but six arms. That's right. For the low, low price of your soul and a copy of Avatar, uh, if you remember the big mechs they would jump into, a pair of engineers can affix the jizzy arms. Uh, and what can they do, do you ask? Well, plenty. The jizzy arms are a supernumerary. Supernumerary is such a cool word. A supernumerary robotic limb system consisting of a wearable base unit that looks, I'm going to say, like a subpack or a backpack computer with six terminals and detachable robot arms. It's designed to allow social interaction <laughs> uh, between multiple wearers, such as an exchange of arms, like we do that, and possible interactions between digital cyborgs in a cyborg society. I This description just is blows my mind. Adam found this in some dark hole of the internet. I don't know where you found How this, many? Adam. How many can I have? How many can I attach? Maximum four? That's it's six. It's cool, but six. why do they have to make it so intimate? Like, it's a cool <laughs> tech. Why do you have to, you know, pardon the pun, but talk about hands and intimacy and hugging people? Like, there's way cooler things you could do with these than hugging people I, and touching people with them. I think it's because of the, the reality. The, honestly, the, the the video, I don't know if, if we're going to put the video yep. in there, but sure. uh, the... The ballet, I understood the, 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 you saw yourself, it's intimacy, right? They're meant to, they're associating you with connecting with your arms. Uh, I found it poetic. Like I found it very beautiful. Like I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big sucker of like, 
you know, like robotics and, and, and cyber. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, a cool. I'm a sucker for all that. Like, I love the intimacy. I think it's really cool to see humans connect, I guess, to a deeper sense using robotics. But what that highlighted to me also was kind of the the, the limitations of the technology. I think like, like, like they could have at least grabbed a tea, a cup of water and you know like anything. But yeah. mechatronics are bloody complicated. The the mechanized controlling with force, how that then goes to the wearer. Um, I don't know. I mean, I looked at this and my first thought was. Japanese sex cult came up with this thing. Because yeah. <laughs> clearly that's where it's come from. Like, what would have been a great commercial is maybe if they did actually have, you know, someone who happened to lose their arms or a paraplegic yes. and they finally get to hug right. somebody for them. Not two yeah, people that cool. have clearly well working arms oh hugging my. each other with their robot arms. That is arms. such the Brody's American like, way on, of doing That is such well, an American exists. thing. They have functional <laughs> arms. Why are they If they with call the it jizzy ones? arms, they should have done something else with oh. it. I think that that would have worked for me. I think for me, I think I mentioned it in the in the in the in the, in the podcast chat. But for me, it would have like what I would have wanted is like it, what would have sold me. It's like seeing like a guy like like I don't know like on his laptop, but the the Jizzy arm is holding the laptop up, and the guy's typing, and the other one cool. another yeah. arm is like holding his drink, and the other one's like holding his backpack. Like if you would have seen a guy walking and working and just everything is whole. Like, okay, you know what I would have wanted? That's super American. That's productivity. You know, we're always that's, about yeah, wanting like, to do stuff. Wanted, that's more dude. American than hugging. I hear Jose talking, but all I'm seeing in my mind is just the baseball hat with the straws yes, coming down. Straws. <laughs> so I can sound the beer. the beer. That's what that is. Like a pizza slice. Oh, dude, possibilities. <laughs> Like honestly, I was like, I, I, I want, I want, I want jizzy arms. Like you know what? Like if you're listening. <laughs> give me the jizzy arm, guys. The, the thing I wanted to see because what I noticed in this video, there's so many cuts. So this must have been like you know a hundred takes or something. I, I want to see. Shut down every five seconds. I want to see like the bloopers. You know when the arm like, starts like freaking yes. out, and she's like, and the arm goes like. <laughs> yes. There's that's what I want to see. There's a specific see. moment in the video where you can actually see the stutter. Like, I think, like, the, the, the hand of the ballet dancer is, like, reaching to the robot, and you can see it, like, stutter. <laughs> so the lady, like, awkwardly starts dancing around the robotic arm, trying to make it look like it's meant to happen. Oh, it's beautiful. I, honestly, I love the future. I love the concept. Um, Rowdy, there was a second video there as well, which I thought was kind of a little oh, more think... badass, a little bit less awkward than the... Two girls, one cyborg arm. Um, and it was <laughs> very well known historical viral video. <laughs> Two girls, one cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's got well, so anyway. Well... <laughs> jizzy arms. Oh, oh, sweet, sweet jizzy arms. But I, we've seen it in like, I don't know, uh, Spider Man or whatever. You have someone who's got like, who's propped up by the arms. Who was it, Dr. Octopus or whatever his name is? Yeah. Um, Already. Wait, yeah, is, this, so, is this the one you mean? Because I'm seeing yeah, I'm seeing now a dude doing ballet. It's a dude. It's a dude. Yeah. Okay. So it's a dude, <laughs> and he's like standing on stage in the dark, and basically we've got to we got to narrate this. I forgot for the audio listeners. I'm sorry. And then he's like he looks like a Tibetan monk or something. That's the look of the guy. You know, maybe a martial artist or something. <laughs> and like he's got the jizzy arms. <laughs> yeah. No, that reminds me of um. Oh, I forgot the name of the game. <laughs> no, looks he looks to me like one of those, like, like a fake cult leader who's uh, trying to get you to see the light and he's like in oh, the darkness. 
Yeah, it's a weird. This is like, you know what this actually makes me think of? I haven't seen this video. Like now that I look at it and 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 Rowdy's like skipping through it. Have you guys ever played Metal Gear Solid Four? I haven't. Gears Three. Okay. So there is like I highly recommend or look it up on YouTube. Like there's a like when the game starts, Hideo Kojima, being the mastermind he is, he makes you immediately sold of the future that you're in by showing you like commercials of like TV of that time. Like, like I recommend like whoever wants to look your solid first twenty minutes cutscene channels and then compare it to this video. It is eerily eerie. I I don't know. Now I'm starting to think this is like. Asylum. Related? Okay. Who knows? It, you know. And so this game is this promo. is. It's actually it's not real. It's a game promo. It's a game promo. Okay. No, maybe I don't know. It has <laughs> to be like cool that ideas. Comes, like now that I'm looking at this, like no way this guy got in this dark room stage and pulled out four animatronic arms <laughs> and is that serious? Looking like Steve Jobs? No, 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 no. This it is would fake. be cool this if it's like if it's smart marketing from like I don't know some kind of cyberpunk game in the future where they're pretending yes. like this is a real thing, but yes, it's actually a, you know some kind yeah, of like game. Yeah. Wouldn't that be sick? I don't understand what it is. Like, it's an art piece is all I can take from it. Like, We're this is even helpful. Oh, you can't even give like a long distance hug, which, you know, for anyone who's been in a long distance relationship, like that would be worth something. This you is know, but being, I don't know yeah. about that. I don't know about it. you could maybe like ship the arms to someone and then they can hug and they can literally like, crush you <laughs> when you're wearing the arms. But, but they how don't do you look very... Like they actually be able to hold much, you know what I mean? Like they don't, they, oh, look, they don't look they have much force behind them, neither the arms nor the fingers. But it'd be an uncomfortable hug. It'd be like an awkward probably, hug where it's like, like you a know, limp fish hug from the yeah, ninety-year-old woman who's like just yes. very frail, giving you a hug. Yeah, like that. What if you're unsatisfied with the hug and now you're awkwardly now you're calling customer service and you have to find out that that you know like half-assed hug that you got was actually the person that gave it to you and not the company. Or the product, and they have to tell you, like, no, sir, like, that's really the hug that they intended for you to have. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this must be, this must be defective. I, it can't be right. It can't be no, right. No, this can't be right. I, I expected a warmer embrace in this. Okay. Yeah, this is, okay, this is fucking weird. Okay, so the future is strange. I don't know what the hell's You're going welcome. on. You're welcome. We have a special oh. spot every show where Jose pulls the plums out of the pudding, gives them a quick spit shine, and asks you to growl like a tiger for the camera the hell you on about sim i'm saying he's a photographer so get on your damn knees and purr a little this is releases it's time travel it's not supposed to make sense jose over to you my friend i love Adam's i wish look. i wish i had like, like a photographer energy and be like yes gaga or something like that but i, I don't think i got that so let's get with all the releases so um i got three releases this week um all three games are well known, but I'm really excited um, specifically with these three. And it goes back to marketing polish, man. I'm, I'm starting to see our, our beloved, you know, VR industry starting to get that money, man, that the, the budget, the, the marketing. It, it's so good. And starting up with Dance Dash, um, it is a early access uh, game, uh, finally releases on September 14th. Uh, compatible with the Quest 2, with the Vive trackers, and the Valve Index, so it's PCVR uh, agnostic. Um, it's releasing for $19.99. That's about £16. Um, it is a full body tracking rhythm game. Uh, it's very close to, in the energy, the trailer, it reminded me a lot of Dance Dance Revolution, right? Dance Dance, uh, Dance Dash has been out 
for quite a while and they're marketing their the messaging behind it to be you know talking and complimenting them isn't at the level that it is now and you can tell that there is some serious development polish there is a understanding of uh, of mechanics of how the human body works and it's just cool to see finally releasing and also a multi-platform approach so that's 1999 16 pounds september 14th on early access and then and then very recently um they gave me like pr- pretty much this version that's going to be released <gasps> and it, it's pretty cool like it is i find it interesting how they were a strap a tracker strap company that are like screw it let's make something to use our straps in i mean besides like vr chat because it's not many game applications you know what I mean? Yeah. And it actually is really good, though. Like, I mean, I'm not very graceful. So, like, they have a that's, shuffle mechanic. That's and always I'm really, the thing, really awkward as- right? Because, like, it, like <laughs> if you see these people in these videos, like, oh, they look so cool. And then, like, I record myself doing it. And I look like an absolute fool. But it's fun. Like, recording aside, as long as I'm just in my own world, pretending like I'm a badass, I feel like I'm dancing okay. How does it work, though, is my question. So, like, with I, I get it if you've got... Uh, a Vive or an Index and the tracking system in the base stations, but I'm seeing quests. How does the quest setup work? It's well, right now hands. it's with right now it's with um, PC VR, so S through virtual desktop or Airlink. But they are planning on having a, a quest standalone. That um, I don't with know. The trackers with the trackers. I mean, are you strapping Oculus yeah, controllers to your feet? Your feet, yeah. yeah. Quest for, for they, they, your feet. They have three different types of tracker types. They've got one for the Valve Index controllers that you strap to your ankles, one for the Quest 2 controllers, and then for the regular, like, Vive trackers. And I tried all three of them because they sent me all three. Um, They're not terrible. Like, the Quest 2 ones are kind of weird because they go on the top of your foot uh, and so it straps underneath. But once you're in the game, you don't think about it too much. And the way that the anchor points that they have on how it attaches to your foot... Um, it's pretty stable. Like you don't feel like, unless you are making it super loose, you don't feel like it's just going to go flying off when you do a kick or anything. So how do you get, so I'm confused here. So the software costs 20 bucks or whatever Jose was saying, but the straps, you need you to get the straps to, use a strap. to yourself you as tape, well. Or? <laughs> tape or yeah, you could, I mean, this, Duct the tape straps, so you can get yeah. either just the game itself or you can get the game and the straps, or you could just, yeah, like make a, your own ghetto wrap and just do it yourself. You don't need their straps, but okay. yeah. it's probably going to be much more comfortable with their straps. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited about. I, I'm excited to see people like on TikTok and all that, like using <laughs> socks and stuff to like tie them and figuring out. It reminds me of Richie's plank where people were like trying to make their own pseudo like uh, planks and platforms to play that game on. It's, it's I love and also the polish. It goes back to polish. I that, that is a good, really ad. Cool. good ad. It's it's gorgeous. Um yeah. so yeah so, uh and up next I have another well known game Ruins Magus complete um releasing on September 19th. This is the PSVR2 release. It's already on meta and PCVR um but the trailer like I it is as somebody who has played Roy's Magus before, I had my, you know, just inaccessibilities with games like this. Hmm. But in that trailer, it was almost like they, they, they immediately went like, hey, guys, we addressed most of those concerns, right? We have, you know, voice acting. And also, it reminded me a lot of, like, Final Fantasy Online games, which is the right energy to go after, right? Once again, polish, marketing, people that know how to communicate these 
large scale games and seeing that in the trailer was really cool man it's almost like yeah the the playstation marketing team is (laughs) work like taking their their original possibly like original created trailers and being like we're remaking these guys the pastels the pastel colors in that and um the the light shading is going to look awesome in psvr too yes it's so good honestly it looks like an anime it it, it really it's that level that that polish it's the polish it actually made me go like you know what let me let me let me let me replay this again let me let me revisit it and that's uh it's super cool right because these games are already once again established and that's uh out september 19th on psvr 2 it's already out on MetaQuest and on pc vr uh it's 34.99 uh it's going to be about 28 pounds on uh psvr 2 and the last one i have another well-known game and same thing with the trailer broken edge vr um releasing on september 19th this is the combative brawler you know swords one-on-one this is on september 19th uh for psvr 2 and already on psv uh pc vr uh it's coming out for 14.99 so that's about uh, actually yeah 12 pounds and it's actually going to have a playstation plus discount so i believe you can get it for about 10 pounds uh seven uh, uh sorry yeah about seven pounds ten uh ten dollars for uh playstation plus if you're a user a subscriber of that but look at that trailer man it's yeah it's, it seems to be the era of pastel colors yeah <laughs> <It's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a this is a this is a fighter it'll be interesting yeah. I, these the the, the 1v1s are are, are are an interesting place mm-hmm. because when i played them um they're fun but i can't say that once i've owned that game I've ever taken time to like play it again. Ask a friend to come in and play it. And I've seen that model done maybe five times quite well. Yeah, that's that's the challenge for me is because from zero players and you need to get two. And when one flakes out, it's again back to zero. Like it's a little bit of a stumble session with with multiplayer, I suppose. But I truly good for agree. friends. Good for yeah, buddies, it, it, you know. And it, it, it goes to 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 the value of marketing, right? In order to to create that sure. that larger pool, you have to make the game look epic. And honestly, yeah. the, the the Broken Edge trailer, it, it, it's honestly the whole polished, right? The the play has no limits. That that PlayStation weird push that it's like, hey, we're gamers. It, it, it's really cool to see the the vr industry kind of getting that love right as somebody i i consider myself a gamer that that games not really necessarily platform specific mm. it's really cool to see the vr space get that level of polish it, it's really cool and yeah that's all the three games that i wanted to highlight that's, this week right that's awesome that very good well thanks jose for covering uh, extra stuff this week i appreciate that a lot it's been fun uh, Chad, I want to say cheers uh, for being here as well, those two in chat today. Before we go back to daydreaming about all the potential use cases for those cyber arms, uh, I'll reflect on uh, any final topics you've got in chat you'd like to bring up. Shoot them in now, and um, I'll cover off the show times. So, F Reality Podcast, we drag race every fortnight, and we run on every other Saturday. YouTube and Twitch is the platform. Uh, This Big Brother podcast goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and 6 p.m. in the UK. Don't you know, like. For our audio listeners, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the everlasting iTunes, uh, you get your dues midweek following the live show, thanks to Sir Rowdy. And if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, we thank you for your support. 
camaraderie and look forward to the day when we can meet in person. Should that day never come, I will see you in VR. And with that, uh, thanks, Wolf, for the rats and Ender. Uh, sorry about the links not working. We could probably enable those. I'm not too worried about you guys dropping illicit links. Sure, the things that you see from us are far worse than what anything you could ever put in chat. <laughs> 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 thanks for uh, hanging out today, everybody. Guys, have you spotted anything that uh, we want to call out otherwise? No, I just want to say I appreciate all the little the little chats that happen like amongst each other about like, you know, different games or PC VR versus standalone or like I, I love I, I love seeing all the little side conversations and it just like gets my brain going. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's part of the show. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out today, everybody. If you're listening back from the Autobahn, please eyes back on the road. Uh, but where we're going, and you all know this, we don't need roads. Yeah.